Hello, everybody. It is the Nightwing at Way of Life Esports coming at you guys with another League of Legends video here today. This is Rift Insight Season 1, Episode 16. And we had a packed week for League of Legends. It was just so many things happened. So we had the really grindy week of the group stage for Worlds 2020. Then after that, you have the OPL closing down. TSM made history by going 0-6. We have our quarterfinals coming up this Thursday. Yeah, well, it'd be on Wednesday night, wouldn't it? Because it would be like Thursday morning or something like that. So there was a lot <laughs> that happened overall. But, like, what would you say would be the best game from the Worlds 2020 group stage, actually? What would be my favorite game of the, the, the group's 2020? Best um, game, the best I game think the game... What, what do you think? G2 versus Sunni? You're going to say that? I was going to say game out? one, G2 versus Sunni was probably my favorite game. I do think, again, it came down to a lot of mistakes. Like, there was a lot of mistakes made, but the team fights played out so impressively. Like, on both sides, I think both of them played it really well. Another one I really liked was uh, the, the duel between... Uh, like, Group A specifically was the most exciting to me. I think all the rest of the groups were just... It was obvious who was going to win from, like, the first first game. Like, TSM was obviously going to get last place. Fnatic looked like they were better than LGD. I was kind of not sure if Gen.G was going to win first in that group or not, but like all around, I think the people, like, the the, the, the groups played out the way I did for the most part. I thought, expected them to, to for the most part. Like, pretty much every single, all of the top two teams are exactly who I predicted. Besides, uh, no, 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 I think all of them are the same. But uh, the big problems I uh, did have with the, like, the the, gen, the assuming one specifically, the uh, committing back into the fight after queuing in there, but I mean, again, it's all it's all on the spot kind of mechanical mistakes more so than anything. That were really the big problem with that. They they set up for fights pretty well. They engaged pretty well, and the mechanics just like it, I don't think there was a specific game even close to that level of mechanics, right? Like I wouldn't say uh, anything played up. Ooh, man, like a close game like that. Like, in the Gen G versus LGD game, the first time for uh, when you had considerably week one, because, like, people, people don't understand. Like, when we talk about week one, like, we had to go through week ones where you play out one week of groups, wait till the next week to play your week two. So, technically, since it was just one week of games, it was week two, uh, I didn't really see a game that was to that caliber. Um, but in week one, you had G2 versus Sooning, and then you had... Um, I think Genji versus LGD, like as Cl as Cloud Fiesta as that game was, there were some really really good individual moments, like Clid's barrels, uh, BD shockwaves, the way like Shie moved around and used his Syndra ultimate, like he would stun the jungler so that Pina could come in and steal it. Like I think that game had a lot of good things about it too. Like it, it wasn't like the greatest quality game, but it it really showed you like even the average like Chinese players that are considered like bad. Are still pretty good caliber too, and even I mean, Genji, to be fair, none of those players are considered bad even by Chinese standards. Yeah, so like even by like the players that are considered like underrated and not that good, they were still able to put on a show and like show people that they're still able to compete. You know, at the highest level, even though they're the fourth seed, they still had something to really actually show, and even. There was the one game where I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed when... Because people have to factor this in. I'm not going to break this down too much because I, I already went over this. TL played with 
no strings attached after they were pretty much mathematically eliminated eliminated from what from their point of view right and at least they acknowledged that they could play faster because in the game against Suning, they did a really really creative level one that put SOFM behind and then that's how they won i was like okay and then you saw that in the machi esports game creative level one core jj grabs them they win like teams realize that having strong level one invades if you're a weaker team can really put you in an advantageous position because most of those teams don't really expect it because you don't really like for the lck and the lpl it's kind of like a clown fiesta thing to invade like that most of the bottom teams do that like the top tier teams don't really do that unless they're for sure they know they can get it they can get an advantage from that but in terms of a bottom tier team they're gonna try that stuff no matter what because they're weaker they have to try something in order to win I mean, you have to get an advantage early on I don't. I don't agree with the concept of the, the level one being the reason they won either one of those games. The the only one that the level one really won, really kind of decided the game for them was the G two one. The other ones were kind of inconsequential in my opinion. I do. I do think the uh, again really creative part. Team Liquid completely like transformed my opinion on how they were playing the game. Like they, they really did not play the same from the first two games that they did for the rest of the tournament. Besides maybe week one of Gen um, G2, they kind of just sat there waiting for G2 to win the game. But uh, all right, yeah, I agree. The Unicorns of Love versus TSM rivalry. I'd like to see a tournament. <laughs> TSM, Unicorns of Love, and Rogue just go at it. I want to see. I want to see you know this. It's kind these... of unfair, though. The CIS were supposed to finally get out of group stage from those past two years of having like close nail biter fights with. Um, cloud nine and splice they finally get into the main group stage event and i gotta say i am pleasantly disappointed by their results you know pleasantly that, disappointed yeah because you know you factor in these past two years they're supposed to be like oh yeah they're like main stage group worthy they go in they get zero sixth i mean the big I'm the big saying. thing about it they have no competition in their region and that is really the reality of how good you can make it to a i, I mean there's no reason to try to talk them they did do their best it's just it shows the quality of the region. It's hard for these teams without any international like experience to be able to do anything. They get to play moderately decent quality teams at like what once every year. This is how and I look at they- it. This is how I look at it. The teams in their, in their <laughs> region, in their wildcard region, are like oceanic teams, and then when they go to like worlds, they're facing. It's like eating McDonald's every day, and then finally going and eating like Chick Fil A. It's a big difference from that, you know? You, you get, like, McDonald's for, like, you know, two splits in a row. Going to Worlds, you got Chick-fil-A, you have fucking five guys in and out, which is kind of overrated in itself, but that's not the point, you know? So you have, like, this whole giant buffet of teams that you can obviously learn from, but in your own region, it's just a bunch of, you know, knockoff McDonald's teams that are just going to do the same thing. You know what they're going to do, you know their player strengths, you know they're not good, but if you're the best team out of that bunch, you're going to be able to exploit them anyway. It's not That's really just... the thing about it is I actually saw a few new unique things coming out of like Gambit and stuff. The big thing about it is that first of all, we, uh, again, the way Unicorns of Love their fast-paced early game aggression in level one was still relevant in in the group stages for the most part. They just didn't know how to translate it into the uh, main stage because they are just outmatched. They, they try for these kind of like early game aggressive things and then they're able to translate early game leads into nothing. Like even even in group stages, there was a very big relevant problem with their game style. Instead of transitioning into like kind of setting up, what's it called? Setting up a vision control around objectives and stuff, they'd always transition into a team fight somewhere. 
which is always kind of a weird thing for me to see going like one through ones and all this stuff are fine but again they didn't prioritize vision or any of that stuff they just kind of tried to set up another engage for their team fight to keep like consistently go they kept trying to push more like aggression like in the middle stages of it group d also wasn't kind of was it all kind at all for unicorn's love imagine unicorn of group d instead i mean they couldn't even beat flyquest like no i can <laughs> imagine, I can't imagine. facing fanatic god Fnatic like, was better than FlyQuest, and so was LGD. Probably, actually, you know what? Not LGD. Maybe not LGD. LGD might not have been better than FlyQuest, but it's a toss-up for me. But I like I'll, I'll go, Spidey. How you doing, man? I bet he's really happy because uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are gonna be in uh, Tom Holland's third Spider-Man movie. I'm Woo! very excited about that. Man, but, uh, I, you know how we were just talking about like him getting outacted. <laughs> He's going to be outacted. I'm just saying. Like, that pretty agree. much confirms. I'm just, I don't agree hey, with that statement. Maybe, maybe Tobey Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield will outact him. They, they definitely have the avenues to do it. But um, I don't know. About Unicorns of Love, I think it's, like, genuinely dishonest to TSM to talk about their 06 while you don't mention Unicorns of Love 06. And you could also argue that Unicorns of Love looked really bad in their games, too. Like, I'm just saying, you know, Unicorns of Love look pretty bad in their games against the other quality teams. But in Unicorns of Love's group, you had Top Esports and you had Dragon X, you know? So, in TSM's group, you had Fnatic, LGD, and uh, Gen G. I just think that overall, which group was stronger in terms of, like, measuring the 0-6, you know? Unicorns of CIS, though, and TSM of the first seed of NA. I mean, honestly, again, I mean, TSM was not the best team coming out of NA. Just uh, They might have been in NA, but specifically when it came down to actually being inside of Worlds, they were the worst, probably the second worst performing team, maybe third. Like, if you really, it's really a toss-up between them and Rogue for second worst. Like, <laughs> they just... I again, told people, I thought Team Liquid was the best team. Team Liquid they were not the best so team. hard. They went through so hard. They it also literally... lost early game leads in the in the what's it called and had the hope to be able to come back. They they were behind at the beginning of most of those games. And they didn't throw games. They finally got a lead back and then the they Baron? got out of team five. The right, Baron which... throw they did in game five against well, that TSM? wasn't what about the other games that they lost? Like you you, you I'm just really saying, like they were in an advantageous position in a lot of their games against TSM and they kind of just was, No, in. they were they they the were Pearson, allowed to the the Jensen Zillion game when he went, when Jensen took the Zillion from him. I'm just they saying they also threw in that game too. Like I'm I'm just saying like TSM winning LCS was say all not this stuff, but they all came back from behind. TSM had the early game pressure so and they the, the game... from that. No, no, I, TSM I, I had that the early more game so from like I I look at that from FlyQuest and Team Liquid sucking more than TSM being good. Wait, TSM had the leads against them in almost every game at the beginning of the game. Then they threw in the mid game, and then they came back, and then the other team came back. Like, if you're going to give credit to Team Liquid throwing a lead, you have to also acknowledge that TSM was also ahead for most of those and threw their lead. But that's like, my thing: is that this is why North America sucks. That the team that gets the lead, they lose it in such ridiculous ways. Though it's, it's just the reality is when they went to Worlds, the way they had to be able, like, you you could see the adaptability in each one of the teams. There was an obvious flaw in NA's game plan throughout the entirety of the year. They didn't adapt to the meta. They tried to play their own way. They're, they're slow-paced on all this stuff. And, they, I mean, Top is probably not going to win the World Championship, in my opinion. I don't think they look as good as Damwon right now. And I honestly, like, 
I don't know. I mean, possibly. We'll, we'll see if we'll, they actually we'll, make it. We'll, we'll get into that. I heavily disagree, but it's fine. That's why we have these things. Um, let's start from... Well, let's just get the easiest one out of the way. Let's get the OPL out of the way. The OPL is closing down. What are your first init- initial thoughts on that? You're jumping from topic to topic. Because well, like, if we just do the OPL, the rest of the things just... It was just away. a specific like little thing I was mentioning, but... I mean, I think an influx of talent is obviously the best way to go. They have the, I mean, OPL has been wide limit. Because OPL in pretty much every other game is NA based. Like in pretty much every other game, they have a lot of region, like influx with NA in comparison to anything else. They speak NA, I mean, English, so they obviously can't play without Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the closest English speaking country to them is NA. Like there's there's absolutely no reason for them to go anywhere else. Like where where else could they well, go? LEC. LEC is so far. What? Well, they could like, not play on. They play on ridiculous thing and all this stuff. Like no, no, no. I, I'm talking about like let's say you grab an L, an uh, Oceana player and you want him on your LEC team. Why does he count as an import then? I'm Why would saying, he like? I mean, I mean again, yeah. look at look at the, the historical thing throughout most of the games is that Oceana. Is based like a lot of the players are not counted as imports for a lot of the NA teams, anyways. Like it was just mm-hmm. North America in general. It's just yeah. I, that's that's all my knowledge and like the rest of them. I heard somebody say that, and that's how it works in like other games. And I assume that's they're just trying to go with the the way the other games kind of work in some ways. But again, on top of the fact that like as much as we, we don't want to say it, the, the the massive player base difference is is definitely a big thing here. Like. LEC already has a significant more amount of players to play with. And again, maybe we don't want to take that in consideration, but it definitely should at the very least mean something. I mean, maybe, maybe letting them to go to LEC is not a big deal, but like get, getting the freedom to go to like six different regions because they want to is kind of weird to me. Like, well, I, I, I'm just talking about from the, I'm just talking about from the import rule. Like why do they count as imports in other regions, but just not here? That's main, that, like, just make, it makes not count as imports. But that would be ridiculous. They'd be so valuable. Everybody would literally just get their stupid, like, region changed to Oceana so they can just be everywhere. That would just be the worst rule ever. But their player base isn't that big, though. Yeah, they can, like, okay, think about this right now. If Oceana did not count as imports to anywhere, everybody would go get green cards in Australia. And then they would have everybody swapping to that region, and no one would count as imports anymore. And they'd all kind of bounce through that rule space. Like, it, it wouldn't make sense. Like, realistically no one would want because again the only there's not actually a four-year wait time anymore from my knowledge i think it's just you get are allowed to change the region any other region not the other way around should be um possibly i mean they can make a few rules to go around it no are no the ocl are allowed to change the region to any region not the other way around i mean let me think i mean possibly i think that could definitely be a good way around it i'm realistically they're going about it because na is obviously First of all, the weakest of the regions, they have the smallest player base by a large margin. So this wouldn't get a significant boost to push them into the major regions. It would just equalize the difference between the major regions. Yeah. I actually don't know if this even puts them up to LEC's player base yet. So I do want to take that. But this does give, this in theory should, I'm not saying it will, this should give NA the boost it needs in players. Because I... I've been watching the LPL for a very long time, and I'm not saying that all the players were great. What I'm saying is that, like, you still had, you had good players there. There, you, you mostly had like, what, what do they call that? What, what's the saying for that? 
it's um you have a diamond in the rocks yeah so like basically there would be like two to one good players on even like bad teams you know that was like the best thing that you could even hope for like even on legacy esports the oceanic team that was at worlds 2020 they had some pretty decent players for like that i i could see on like lcs teams you know but that's just me you know um with the opl like dissolving i personally think that this will help north america but this also screws a lot of people out of the jobs they had in australia like people gotta factor that in too if you're taking away something to give that to somebody else then someone's also losing what does ecosystem mean i don't don't understand realistically the foundations and all this stuff are like arguing he's talking about the uh he's he's talking about the lcs orgs being able to like manage these players in a way that maximizes their full potential I mean, do, do you trust Oceana with that? Oceana was significantly worse than that. Like, you know what's weird? That's what the guy brought up. He said, it, like, going over to NA, it's gonna it's, add in better in, in infrastructure, uh, more money. You know. So. Realistically, the difference, the 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 way Oceana was run substantially, like NA, structure-wise, and all this stuff, the fight, like the, the big reason that NA is bad is because they don't have the player base to be able to make something like the. Uh, the the uh, mass EU Masters team they don't have the player base they don't have the amount of players like f- like stability wise and all this stuff they get a lot of money a lot of the players are treated white right I think it all comes down to coaching staffs and the lack of knowledge of what it is like how to play the game I wouldn't I wouldn't chalk up NA's like actual structure as poor I mean I think it's fine they just maybe if they got enough players they'd be able to build a farm system who knows but I wish honestly. There was a way for them to play on NA. They play that. I had to play for like a hundred ping, and I don't think anybody wants to do that. That's just the most unfortunate part about it. Hmm. Like, like for North America, I think infrastructure is. I mean, it, it needs work. I wouldn't say it's terrible because I, I would like to know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think this is a lot of people not taking into consideration. You can't really handle my problem with it. I have as NA orcs prefer old timers import. Well, the, the, again, it's it's it all comes down to the fact that it's really hard to build up new talent when there's so many. Like again, if you look at the challenger scene, there's not a lot of actually decent players that have talent in there. Usually, again, you have to have a lot of veterans into a team. I think that it's it's somewhat of a problem that I see actually like just letting like if you're gonna place replace Hanser with who I'd say is the biggest. We've seen what he's capable of, and he doesn't have too much potential. Just tell me a player I would replace him with. Revenge. No. Well, that's the thing. That's right. That's the problem right there. Why don't you want to replace him? Because he's doing terrible in the challenger scene. But why would he not do better on the LCS stage? We don't know that. What does that even mean? Okay, tell me right now. If you're playing against the worst competition... And okay, just so cold. let's say if there's an academy top laner that is as good as Hanser, would you replace Hanser? Yeah. I don't believe you would. I think you keep Hauser just for that. I think you keep Hauser. Well, I just told you I wouldn't. Like, so. people are unwilling to change people. That's the problem. I, if there is a player that is good enough, he has the room to grow, I would replace him. The reason that I would not usually replace Hauser is because of the fact, let's, let's look at it like this. Would Destiny ever been in the LEC without the OPL? No. No, he wouldn't, actually. Because what? But to be fair, to be fair, the Destiny point is kind of weird. Because remember, Origin were trying to save money, and they also grabbed him for money reasons too. That is, 
also I mean, factored. I mean, the it's there's nothing much. I mean, again, OPL and Oceana. I mean, there's definitely more eyes on somebody in NA. The reason they wouldn't, no one swaps from NA. First of all, is because there's not a good player. But second of all, it's because of the fact that there's significant amounts more money inside of the NA. So why would they want to swap to EU? Like again, like mm-hmm. realistically, like obviously, com- competition and all the stuff matters. But if it's going to come down to like, if I'm getting massive amounts more money in the NA, scene, there's there's obviously it would be a stupid reason to risk my my Ooh, future financially. And another good point. Another good point. Remember, Oceana only ever got one team into Worlds. Now, if you factor in, if you're an Oceana player and you come over here, if your team pans out, now you have a chance to go to Worlds, which wasn't even a possibility because they only gave one seed to Oceana anyway. Like, this is, there are good things to come out of this, though. I think, realistically, it, it's just, it, it's a region thing. Everybody wants to cheer for their own region. Like, like for the most part, it's going to be better for the players in general because they're going to have more more things going into them to kind of make them better players in general. Like be, they might they might be able to take stuff out of this, like be able to understand what the uh, NA orgs are actually doing in comparison to them. Understand what's actually mm-hmm. like a, a stable. Like, I don't know. They they have this the financial stability to, to be able to consistently do what they want to at this point because I don't know what the uh, the the money looks like. I know this is a big problem in the OPL scene. I mean the uh, the uh, what's it called scene was a lot of people complaining about this stuff. Was was the the uh, money system was one thing correct? I think that was for, the, for, for the OPL. Can, yeah, there was the one team that got banned for it. I think it was specifically in the OPL. But again, I don't know a hundred percent what's going to be the situation with the uh, the um, OP like the uh, OPL dissolving OPL and all this stuff. Like I think they have a lot of talent over there. Maybe it was misused. But again, even even this amount of player base, I still think we're Less that we're still like the fourth most populated region, fifth. Yeah, we're the fifth most populated region, even with the addition of the L, the Oceanic players. From my knowledge, I mean, Vietnam is like double our player base. Crazy, and they're considered a wild card region. <laughs> I mean, holy crap! Yeah, the fact that we're better than Oceania, I mean, Vietnam, and we have so many less players. I mean, it should it should be in and of itself enough to show that we have a pretty decent amount of a. Uh, like quality players coming out of here and quality like teams like you can't say you you really can't say Machi or PSG was better than either FlyQuest or or Liquid like there, there's no arguing about that like we we beat the t- the tier one team out of Vietnam like all like all around I think that I think that it's going to be better for the OPL I think that with both of us having such a low player base it's unrealistic for us to be able to ever compete on the international stage with how less how many less people we have in the other regions i don't think we could ever be on the same level as south korea we can never be on the same stage as like europe maybe i'll, I'll put a maybe on europe i'm not 100 percent sure and like or china like they're all they're all significantly higher player base higher talent pools all this stuff they have the, with the additional players maybe we're able to make something like the e master scene but right now i think that the, the challenger scene already as it stands has no talent in it like all these players are significantly worse like than their counterparts right now and that's what makes it kind of hard to make NA talent work is because the fact that maybe there's just not a good training tool out there and maybe that maybe the people inside of the uh the challenger scene just aren't good enough to be coaches and it's making them not develop as players fully like they have to come out of the uh the uh, NA scene or the the uh what's it called the uh solo queue scene completely developed or they're never going to be good because the, the, the coaches there just aren't good enough to make them good players. 
Like, that's probably what it is, in my opinion, to be completely honest. It's because they're not putting much into Academy. Now, there is Collegiate that has its own esports scene. Like, the mm. colleges around the U.S. have their own esports scene. Well, they're trying they're to not putting much into it? I don't know what you mean. I, 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 don't, I really haven't seen much orcs beside maybe Cloud9 put in a lot into their Academy teams. What like, is to there? actively try out new what? players. Yeah, because they had the best team. Like, obviously, it's good to try out players when you have the single best academy roster in every single position. They even tried Keith out because he was demolishing everybody in there. And he came to the main stage and got completely wrecked. Like, it's a fa like go in there. You can look at players succeeding on the academy scene. They have they have somewhat sort of talent. Maybe, the, like, honestly, the reason the academy scene works, I mean, exists, is to be able to have the second team that's able to, com like, like, uh, scrim with your main team and if somebody outperforms the other one you replace them that's the whole point of it now from what ls said now I don't care what LS I'm, 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 I'm i'm just saying uh what about like the pro players not wanting to scrim their counterparts so that they don't get better he has no proof that's true so he said, entire he said a specific org told him this yeah well, how did they get it did the players tell them anybody in the org could say this i think this guy doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to get replaced no player is going up to him and saying i'm not scrimming because i don't want to get replaced no one told him that he's why, going are you, why are you so quick to say it's not true though because there's there would be no absolute way that somebody would actually come out and say it. this is all based off hearsay this is well, all you based can't off because that if you come out and say that that's a lot of back that's a lot of heat you don't want why would somebody say that then if there's a lot of heat that they don't want well he goes in with the information the person's nameless and the the point of the person telling ls this is that it's out there the information's out there that certain lcs players on lcs orgs don't want to scrim I'll the academy players because they're afraid they would get better because remember if you go from lcs to academy your paychecks get slashed and you know that does affect maybe your cost <laughs> of living which isn't true because the orgs pay for all themselves but i'm just gonna I'm, say I'm saying, it could be a possibility i'm not saying it's true it probably is true. I'll, I'll be honest. That's probably why the reason they won't scream him. But at the same time, we have no a definite proof of it. There's 100% the only way he could do this is somebody in the org who is upset with the fact that the, the main team wouldn't scrim made their own. They, they, they drew their own observations from what they saw. And that's all we can base it off. There's 100% no one that went in there and told them, no, we don't want to scream because we want to lose their spot. And I, I'm pretty sure even LS would say that. We have to again. It is somebody in the org making their drawing their own observations, and LS is using a lot of like for spring and NA. I would like to see a huge tournament with teams from class academy, and the winner of the tournament goes to MSI. This would give you class tournament qual class tournament qualifiers would be trash, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You've been seeing players like him and me go up there and just embarrass you, ourselves. I mean, honestly, I'd love that. I'd love to see. Like my one big problem with the uh, the uh, I I don't think we'd ever see a good uh, class team, but again at the same time, like I'd love to see a. That's the one thing I I hated about the um the uh what is it called thing when we made it to where we uh I can't remember what it's called, where we what had no we had no uh promotion tournament I forgot what it's called. Oh, the challenger, the, when the yeah. challenger scene got, oh, relegation, yeah. when relegations were removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the one thing I dislike about that is that we don't get to see these new types of, like, they kind of shifted the meta drastically each time these new teams play, came in. But at the same time, the, it really makes the the region substantially better. As much as I don't like, like, that's the least exciting part about it. They, they are, have, like, bad teams, 
can literally give up on the, the scene, the give up on the season, be like, I'm done with this. We're not going to make it. And then just try out new talent. And that's something they were able to do but now. They don't do that. They, no, people don't really do that, though. Immortals did it. Immortals did it. This one split. What about the other, like, times other teams didn't try it? Who cares? I mean, this is still a way. This is a fallback system. So their only excuse now is the fact that they think the players aren't good enough. That's all they can say now. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm glad at least this past split that we just had, at least they were willing to try it. And that's the like, thing that people. But that's like the nine people rookies. But that, but that's the thing is that people have to understand this. When you grow talent, that takes some time. You don't just do it overnight, though. I think people, talent that people are deeming bad a fair shot. It takes time. Like Ryoma. People said Ryoma played pretty bad. Okay, this is his first actual year in a really good region, quote-unquote. How about he Kuni, gets some time to prove that? Kuni was one of the best performing members in the playoffs. Let's point that out. It obviously seems like he just... I don't know what it is. Like, he, he actually completely... I, I think he was one of the better, like, top laners inside of the playoff scene. Like, that's the bit... Like, that is one big question I have about that. I mean, if Huni went down to the challenger scene or to the academy scene, he would demolish everybody. Like, realistically, the reason these people aren't able to make it up is because they don't have the me mechanics, like, make it past this point. Like, a lot of them have been played... Have played against these... LCS players and they've just got absolutely dumpstered. Like, I, I I would like to say that there's there, there's a possibility, but we can't just throw like throwing everybody in there just because we want new talent is not the way to go about it. They have their time to develop inside of the academy scene. If they can't play well there, I don't see a reason to what bring if, them up. Now, what if they're a solid academy player for multiple different splits and still don't get a shot? They're solid. What, what is if solid? They are? are they better than their counterpart? It's not about being better. It's like, what if they actually are solid as a good player that could fit on like a lower tier Make, LCS team, but they still don't get a shot though? I'm I'm confused. What are you talking you about? A, I'm just saying, like, you could have like a veteran sitting there for like four years or let's we'll say four splits. Can you make a, a comparison, like an analogy, like somebody? I I don't know who specifically you're talking about. I just think these are all like kind of like things this year. What happened on um Immortals where you had a uh, Apollo? Who's never had success here outside of the one upset against TSM back in twenty? But did you see what you replaced him with? Spring. But that's that's the crazy thing is you replaced him with another LCS veteran. I just want to point know? out Apollo had like a ridiculously good KDA in the uh, academy scene. They just aren't good. Like that, that that's just the realistic situation. The people in the academy scene are just bad. Like it's not that they're not getting talent. It's that they just are so much worse than the counterpart. Like just think about this right now. Golden Glue goes down every single time. No, he, the, the thing about it is Licorice was an absolute monster in the academy scene, and that's why he got to play the LCS. He was really good on United, actually. Yeah. Like, let's think about it right now. What's his name from uh, that actually came into the academy scene this year where that was on C9 as a top laner, the backup? Fudge. I'm trying to remember his name. No, 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 no. He was, he was, he was the academy scene, like, last year. He was the, the top laner. Oh, um, the Brazil guy. I forgot his name. I know you're talking about. All around, I think that when people perform well on the academy scene, no, it was Jukes. No, it was not the same player I'm talking about. You said top C9. Laner. The cl top laner for C9. Academy. Academy. I'll you, tell you, you right. Have Fudger, you have literally Fudger Jukes. I can't believe you don't even know him. It disappoints me. This disappoints my life and my soul. I said it was either Jukes. It's Kumo. It's Kumo. 
Why you keep saying Jukes? He was literally on the team last year. Jukes was in 2019. Yeah, so was Kumo. Kumo's the starter. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But he had a roster this year. That's why I didn't bring him up, though. That's why I'm saying the reason we think we talk about Kumo did incredible in the academy scene. He was so much better than a counterpart, so he got a shot. Like, I think that it, it's, it's weird to say all this stuff, but, like, why would you not just import somebody instead of try out new talent when these players are obviously because proving when, when you and get speaker? When you import people, you never get people from your own region. That's the problem. You can't you just always to. import. Because you you're can't. never going to have you're your own players. So would you bring somebody in that was consistently having an 0-12 KDA? Try this. If you had, no, no, I just I, I want to know what your, your opinion on this would be. If you had an 0-12 KDA player, pretty consistent, that's what he averages, would you bring him into the LCS scene because you had a weak support in that role? He averages 0-12. At what, what point do you draw the line of he's obviously not LCS caliber? I think you just give it to both of them at that point. I agree. I mean, I think that... There, there, there is a significant. I would always go shopping through the academy scene, see what you can get. You obviously can't take people from other teams' academy scenes. I want to, like, you, you have to ask them. They're not gonna. You can't. You don't have a right to them until they give them up. Like, you have to buy them off or something like that, or trade them. It seems like you're more. Or like, what about this? What about CLG? Remember how CLG had uh, Ruin and what was the other guy? The role swap top top laner Desus. Now he just role swapped this past split to top lane. So that's kind of a weird comparison, but. You literally clearly have Ruin running it down. Why at that point they're not even gonna make playoffs? Why not just play the the Academy top laner then? You're not even making playoffs at that point. I the don't Academy really top laner? Yeah, Desus. What was his how was he doing in the Academy side? I didn't even watch him. I mean CLG were terrible also. No, you how was he doing? Like I like that's I, like, think... I I watched Academy a little bit, but like I am I'm, I'm just saying a, a a comparison that's like I will this, never this player's try already out... bad. If I'm just saying right now, maybe Ruin specifically should be replaced because there's no one worse than him ever anywhere. But like specifically, I will say that if your player is not good enough in the academy scene, I don't think he should get a shot until he develops himself again. Like, that's what AAA is for in the other game sports. It's what all these things exist for. Is because if you go into the big time, you can't learn anything. If you if the competition is too st it's much more significantly better than you. You learn something by having somebody slightly better than you or on equal stages from you, and somebody shows you how to do something from there on. Like, it's you develop faster against people of, of similar calibers to you. Unless you're, unless you're like, there are specific people who can just completely shoot off and, like, wow, he's so much better than me and just pick up on what they're doing. For the most part, you can't really understand what somebody's doing if they're a large quantity of talent higher than you. Like, the academy scenes and all these things exist for a reason. I don't think anybody should just, like, like I, I, I agree we need to try out more talent, but, I mean, I just don't see any. I don't see any NA talent in the academy scene right now. Everybody I've seen has been pretty mediocre. There's no reason that Keith McGrief, McGrief should go down there and average 13 kills a game. Like, it's just, if, if he can average 13 kills a game, do you think there's any good NA talent in the ADC role specifically? Look at it this, this way. He would only be able to have this shot because at some point TL took a shot on this guy. Remember, like, that's what people are talking about. The initial way he's even able to do that was because back then he got a shot to be on an LCS org. Players aren't even getting a shot to compete on the LCS stage. No, no, and I'm saying, see, I'm going to get Golden Glue still gets a shot because he's obviously a step above everybody in the academy scene. But again, then again, he's not good enough for the LCS scene. It's the same thing with Keith. Keith was obviously, when he came into the scene, he was one of the better performing academy or challenger scene like 
players. There wasn't really a development challenger scene back then. It was just kind of teams specifically. But uh, it's just like, I agree. If you if there is somebody like you're saying that is averaging a massive playing well in the academy scene, they should get a shot. But I don't think there is. And I really think that people are really wanting people to just try people out when in reality there's just not the talent people want there to be in the NA scene. Like there's just no one there. I'm just Maybe saying, but never ever giving people a shot will have a problem. They have a shot. They're in the academy scene. That's their shot. That's a very now, big shot. What if they're like because you don't watch Academy that, that much, do you? I've watched a few games. I've also what if there are legitimate players in there uh, on a few teams? Maybe there's one or two. One or two, maybe probably. Let's be honest, that's maximum. Like let, let's just say there's max like one one good player saying, on, on each academy team. All I'm saying is, if you're bad enough to lose to Keith McBrief, McBrief you should not get a chance. Probably because they just started playing. They've been playing league for years. All of them are just starting to play on a coordinated team level. And this yeah, is what the academy scene. Coordinated team for um, how many splits? This is why the academy scenes exist to develop these players. You don't develop players in the in the in the main stage group because there. This is still a competitive scene. Like as much as you want to say, you don't fix the the NA scene by completely taking all the talent out of like uh, the academy scene so no one can develop. You develop them in the academy scene, and when they get good enough, you do like that's the whole point of the academy scene, and that's why it exists. Like. Honestly, you can't just what do you keep importing either? You can't just keep importing. Well, then they get, need to get better. I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I don't agree with this statement because I honestly just have seen, from what I've seen from the academy scene, I've just genuinely never seen it. It's the shot calling specifically that's one big problem. They need to learn how to find, um, how to follow along with shot calling. A lot of them are discoordinated and not able to follow along. Like they're just, they don't have the cohesion somebody who would play on the main stage should have. And that's, that's something they need to work on. Like a lot of like, you can't just bring them up to the NA stage and hope that they pray to God that they're a completely different player because that's just wasting everybody's time at that point. They're going up there not getting the, the, the training they need to because instead of the coaches being able to see what they're comfortable with and developing a play style for them based off that, they're being thrust into what the team needs because the team needs to win now. Like that's just how it's going to work over there. You can't practice specific play styles in the, in the on the actual LCS stage. All these coaches are vying to not lose their job, so they're never going to just be like, "I'm willing to lose this game because we need to develop these players." No coach is going to do that because coaches lose their that's job. That's why they're trash. That's why these coaches are trash. The point of it is to develop players and. The development takes time, but they're so worried about winning right now that they're not worried about no. growing for the future. I mean, that's just the reality of how it's going to work. No one, no one is going to take this chance, and we have to take that in consideration. Also, but all of these players, Cloud Nine, Cloud Nine pick out rookie talent, quote unquote. Cloud Nine literally had good coaches in the academy and the main roster, and that's why these players were so good. And that's probably why Keith is able to demolish these players is because the coach is developing the players around him. So he has a good team around him. Like, I think it all comes down to structural organization inside of the academy scene is just not as developed. There's not, the reason that it's not good is because honestly, let's be real. 10 years is not a long time for any sport. There's not good coaches out there. There's not a lot of them. A lot of people don't understand the game at a perfect level. The game is still getting figured out. There's no perfect way or proven right way to do anything. If we want to see teams succeed on the main stage, they need to learn how to be play, how to be better coaches. Coaching staffs 
are 100% the problem with NA right now. Until this gets solved, no one's going to be good. And with that, we're going to move on to the main group stage that concluded this past week. Quarterfinals start on Thursday, but most likely they'll go on Wednesday. Well, yeah, Wednesday probably. All right, so let's go to group A, actually. G2 Esports and Sooning are the top teams out of group A. Sooning finish with a record of 5-1. and one. G2 finish with 4-2. and two. G2 Esports... My, my second baby, they always disappoint me just like Cloud9 do sometimes. My baby G2 lost two games back-to-back just like they did last year against Griffin. You know how crazy that is? So, it's not really crazy. All right, so let's go over Group A. So Sooning and G2 got out. I think a lot of people predicted this. Sooning, it was either Sooning second, G2 first, Sooning yeah. first, G2 second. It, it was pretty much that. TL third, Machi uh finished last you were right about machi only having that one game where they looked pretty good because after that it looked like they never really ever got that magic back from game one it probably was just the game one overperformance from they didn't overperform. They didn't, again teams weren't ready for the play style like specifically team liquid had not adapted at this point in time i want to point this out they got better progressively as this as the uh, worlds went on and they by the end of it they had adapted to the and they stopped i'm the guy the world style instead of what was relevant in the NA, NA scene. That's that's the one. Them and Cloud9 have the best coaching staffs. Maybe not Cloud9 anymore, but like I think that was the big problem I had with uh, Team Liquid is that they just were so slow-paced and it just wouldn't work on the NA scene. So they started kind of making more aggressive plays in the early game and were able to stave off a lot of the aggression these better teams had. But at the, at the end of this kind of whole group stage, obviously, this bad performance at the beginning of the – of the groups was just too much for them to be able to uh, balance back from. They weren't able to beat Machi enough to the point where they were able to, like, make it. Like, they weren't able to beat Machi to the point where they were in the first series. And by that point in time, a significantly worse team than them was able to knock them out of groups. Like, Machi, again, had had an unrefined play style. They were good in the early game for a little bit because Gemini was – Actually, pretty aggressive in the early game. He's probably he is gonna get picked up by a major region, in my opinion. I think he definitely deserves to be at this point. He is he's a step up. Even even honestly, he was probably the second best jungler in this group. I think he was a step up from both Yankos and Brox in this entire tournament. That's crazy. Like, I was not predicting that going in. Actually, he made a few mistakes, but I think it was more so decision making mistakes in comparison to mechanical mistakes. Like his early game aggression is definitely something that could be benefited from a lot of teams. Like. All around, I want to say that I think that this was the most exciting group in the entire stage. I think that there wasn't really anybody – like, the games never really felt as close in the other groups in comparison to this one. Like This group so, actually had, quote-unquote, stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Team Liquid, unfortunately, played too poorly at the beginning to be able to bounce back. But at the same time, they really made a run for it. They really made themselves a contender for the uh, second spot in this group. Now, here's and, the argument you could make for that. TL played out of their minds when they assumed that they were out, but they didn't perform well when it mattered to get the wins initially. How do you look at that? That's I don't even understand that take. I mean, okay. I just so I understand what you, you're trying to say. I just don't understand why it would make any sense. Like the reality is, TS, Team Liquid again. All the NA teams had been playing in a in a specific meta that didn't make sense 
for this like the ad like in, in na the, the meta was let's say the whole year yeah just the, reality is na meta did not make any sense and they had to really kind of transition the entire year from na meta that just didn't work in the actual system because all the discoordinated like cc i mean discoordinated engages didn't really pull off in na so they were able to like kind of stave off aggression and scale to light game obviously it didn't make sense in worlds because these teams are able to coordinate a lot better and close out on, on leads uh -huh. t we got a lot of leads blow on like a lot of leads against them in the early game were able to still win the games but you had the same issues except for fanatic you i mean i want to point out you was fanatic is substantially the best team in eu right now i think they've been playing substantially better than g2 right now they have really adapted this play style like, and especially, I feel like a lot of the support champions that are in meta right now really suit Hilasang, and Whippo has bounced back. Like, it's all, it's all Fnatic completely bouncing back in the, in the play style with hyper-aggression being able to suit them properly. Plus, Selfmade is just playing better in the Aiko, so I do think the better team of the two. But it, again, I think that NA had been playing in a, in a group with this benefited uh, Team Liquid's play style specifically because teams that, again, Team Liquid played from a deficit from a lot of times. They'd, like, they'd like they'd get killed in the early game, but the teams weren't able to close out and they'd eventually make a mistake and relying on that on the main stage didn't, didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So by they, they slowly had to transition from that play style. Like, I don't think it had anything to do with stakes, though I do think that kind of hyper hyperactively pushed the pace of them. I think that it all came down to the fact that Team Liquid slowly transitioned. And I think that by the end of it, their coaching staff really does need to get like kind of, what's it called? Some credit like, because they knew all year they should have started playing faster. They knew that all year. I don't and feel like they did though. I mean, because Broxa, none did. Broxa was very open with it on Twitter. They Broxa can say whatever they want. None of the teams in NA actually did anything about it. Like, if if, if you're, if I you're, mean, it's not just a, a one person thing though. I'm just saying. I mean, he a lot of it. some people acknowledged it. Some people acknowledge everything. Like he can say what he wants. He he was specifically somebody who never made the attempts to push the pace. So I don't really think he has the right to complain about that. Like he just, he was the you were the, you were on the role that pushes the pace of a team, and you're not pushing the pace. I think Broxa is probably the reason as to why this team succeeded. I want to point out. I think as much as I think he was a detriment to the actual playstyle, I think his mentality against the game and his leadership qualities are probably what kept this team together in the beginning of the season. I mean, uh, of the uh, the uh, kind of poor start they had and made them be able to bounce back. I think Broxa is a good person. He's a good teammate. The argument I'm making is that when it, it's 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 hard to say though because the games that they lost in week one, imagine if they perform up to standard, they might have actually gotten a couple wins. It, it takes these teams from North America to be pretty much either either a mathematically unlimited, or you're at a point where if you don't win this game, you're out. It should not take that. It it, it really shouldn't take that though. You should be able to perform to expectations and at least win games without having stakes thrown at you in order to play better. Remember, they had, there, there had to have been stakes thrown at Team Liquid for them to actually start playing this way. I don't think that's what made them play better. And I'm going to just, like, again, I think if the NA, if the team from NA, the Team Liquid that got first place in NA came here, they would have been 06 in the group if they played the same way they did in NA. I think Probably, they would have yeah. lost every single game. <laughs> it was adaptability from swap, swapping over. The coaching staff started picking more... Like again, besides the jungle, they started picking more picks designed for what was succeeding on the group stage. Yeah, like they you started, saw tactical get Callista, Cortesia got set. They started doing things around yeah. the map. I like yeah, what, I like their adaptation. I think yeah. it was just a little too late. You know, it was. I mean, it just they started they started even making picks around the map that you never would have seen. <laughs> Level one invades. I was like, what team liquid am I looking at? 
Yo, I mean, Broxa was terrible in Worlds. Like, I don't want to give him credit. He was only good on Graves, and he really still didn't make the improvements that was really necessary. I just think, as a person, he he is a mature person, and he's he's really like like kind of the thing that kept this team together. Like, again, you need that kind of emotional leader on a team to be able to bounce back from like an O three. Like, yeah, all these like he didn't really have an O three, but no two start. Like, you need this that type of player, and I think Brox is one of the few things he's probably. The, like the the person that kind of keeps this team together, and on top of the fact, obviously Core JJ was like the best performing member at Worlds, like one of one of the best players at Worlds specifically. By the end of the group stage, like he was playing out of his mind. He's like, I'm not. He was trying to drag them to the to the uh, knockout stage himself. Like you have to. Like that's an also. Sean was by far better than him. You know what? I I mean, in the play-ins, I saw him make proactive plays, but again, a, a lot of the problems that I saw were still relevant. He did actually start. He actually still didn't like it, unless he was on graves he really didn't make any relevant impact on the game pre 10 to 15 minutes and that's something that you really can't have out of a jungler at this this stage the reason they lost to g2 in this beginning half is because they banned graves and then he got put on a he got put who what champion was it he got put on somebody who scales so lillian he, her name yes no, yeah the it's lillian looking champion i forget her name lillian. so much yeah lillian. like he just There's, he just like the, there should be no world where he's losing to the INTZ jungler. INTZ were fucking awful. I mean, he I'm really did. He was one of the better performing player um, junglers in the uh, play-in stage, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. again, we had that like thirteen and zero game on Graves, but I mean, it was Graves, obviously. Like all around, I want. I don't want to give too much credit to Broxa. I do think it all comes down to his personality more so than anything as to why he was good on this team. Mentality. Like, Personality, mentality, both the same things. Personality is the big thing that I think it is. It's his ability not to be able to till and to be able to bring the people back from like the uh, the the bad situation that they're in. Like obviously Jensen's not a leadership quality person. Obviously, I also think that uh, Core JJ with his like I don't think he's the leader of this team either. He's just the engaged. Like there's not really this leader that I think that Team Liquid kind of lacked last year. I think they have this year. That's what's really making the difference here. Um, all around, I think. Do you I think mean, Team Liquid overperformed to expectations? No, I think they, did, I think they like, to my expectations. Yeah, I, I didn't think they'd do this good. I thought they were going to lose a lot more games. And I honestly wasn't sure if they were going to get third place. It was kind of a toss up for me, but I put them at third place. I thought they were definitely better than Machi, but I thought the the inability for them to be able to beat the best teams would kind of keep them down. Or so as I thought, Machi could take a game off because they would be fast paced. But again, Machi was a lot slower paced than I expected. They, they were fast-paced in the early game, but didn't really close out games fast. They kind of just kept their lead and scaled into the late game, which is weird. Like, I don't understand. Like, I think that I really I really do think that Team Liquid was the best team at Worlds from NA, though. Like, they were, they were definitely the best adapting team. They had the best players. There was nobody... Like, there was no Core JJ in the other, other NA teams. And honestly, it, again, I want to give credit to Core JJ... And the coaching staff, I still think these are the best performing players and people on this team. That's what really made them bounce back. And I mean, again, Sooning was a big thing I want to talk about, though. Sooning is one of the big, like, if we're going to talk about Group as a whole, I just liked Team Liquid, so I wanted to talk about them. But uh, Sooning is a big problem in, in this specific world. And, and what their big problem was in, in Korea is they have massive amounts of talent. They're one of the most talented teams, even in Korea specifically, though. Like, specifically, I mean, in China, sorry. Even in China, they're one of the best performing, like best talented teams like out there. But their big problem is that they're able to get these early game aggressive leads and all that stuff, but they're not able to close out properly because the enemy team is kind of able to stall out. And eventually, if you stall out long enough, 
Sooning will make a mistake. They will make a mistake somewhere along the lines and throw the lead that they actually get because, again, they're really like I don't know what it's specifically, but if they Short don't get a large caught out, it's not even always. Like again, it's it's everybody on that team will specific like eventually Ben will get caught out or somebody will get caught out and they will throw away the, the game that they had in their hands the whole time because again, it's an it, it's an inexperienced team trying to close like it's it's like a uh, SOFM with a team that's never actually been good, so he's used to solo playing a lot. Sword Art, he's trying to play around the map and he's leaving Hong Kong on an island. Hong Kong is obviously on an island, so he can act like, like again, that's one of his bigger problems. That's why he gets caught out. Ben is over, always overextending towards the later half of the game and getting caught out, and it really just leaves a lot of pressure around the map kind of negated. And then, uh, again, like Angel's incredible. I think Angel's one of the best mid laners out of China right now. Like he's, he's just a really good player. But I think that it all comes down to, uh, like, Again, their their inability to actually consistently close out games because they just don't know how to like actually properly do it against proper like good teams like JDG and all that stuff. They weren't able to do anything because JDG was able to stall their game out to the point where J like like SOFM's like I mean, the early game pressure they were able to bring up was actually negated completely. Like like it, the re, like that's that was actually a big problem. Sooning versus JDG. JDG is a very terrible matchup in the Sooning. Like that's the worst Chinese matchup for them. I think they are probably going to get three would Yeah, but if JDG actually played poor this tour of worlds. I mean, I think they haven't played that well. I mean, even, I mean even, everybody had everybody had JDG in the top three, and I think they massively under, underperformed two expectations. Yeah, I think Damwon is definitely a better team than them, but I don't think they were that bad. JDG's second game, even against Damwon, just wasn't even that good either. Like, I think JDG is probably going to really – I think that if we go based off group stage performance, I think Sooning is probably going to win. But uh, yeah. it, it's just a counter clashup of, ma like, play style specifically that I think that makes JDG the favorites in this. But, again, the meta specifically has really not shifted into JDG's favor for this, this world's – like, I think this is just a world's not designed. Because if we look at how JDG's played, even JDG and Dragon X are two perfect, and even Team Liquid to an extent, are two are, are perfect teams to exemplify the way Worlds is played. A lot of passive teams being forced because of the meta to transition into more early proactive plays. Like JDG and Dragon X, the reason JDG lost the first game so hard to Dragon X, I'm mean, not to uh, Damon, is because when they lost that lead in the early game, yeah, this this is really a good meta for Sooning, but... Uh, Again, when uh when uh this when they started losing the lead to uh, Damon, Damon started doing stuff. They still tried to force stuff to happen because they knew the game would be closed out on them against a capable team. So they kept trying to force things to happen, try to force kills to happen, and they consistently kept dying, which snowballed the lead in uh like a uh, Damon's favor. It's, it's the exact opposite of what Rogue did. Rogue did essentially lost the early game, and they just tried to play. Pro like re like reactionary. reactionary. Yeah, they didn't die, but they also just kind of let everything fall apart around them. Like, but the last team for Group A was G two. Now, like I, everyone knows I like G two as well. But the issue here with G two uh, is I think they're massively weaker than they are last year. The best performing members of G two are Wonder and Mickey X. I think even Caps is underperforming. Outside of that Sooning game, I think Caps is kind of just underperformed pretty heavily. And Yankos has really not been exactly relevant perks is like okay i just don't think they're as strong as they were last year they were much stronger last year they are not the same team in terms of just even how they even play the game but we'll get into that later when they have we have to preview the quarterfinals of jng versus g2 but i was decently disappointed by g2's performance 
in the um, stage, to say the least. I, you know, I want to point out this this G two specifically. I think Yankos is is surprising because this is a meta that I thought if this was last year's Yankos would have taken over the game and they would have just went like six and zero in this group. But Yankos doesn't exist this year. This is not specifically the Yankos we had last year. This is not the Yankos yeah. I would have loved to see at this Worlds. Like we're H2K, getting Yankos first Blood King. Yankos from two thousand nineteen Yankos. I would have been fine with that. <laughs> like just it's just this Yankos that we have this year, just is, is disappointing. It's like it's obviously he's not always the worst performing member. When obviously Perks has been a very big problem with this team too, with this inability to properly play ADCs. Besides the utility they bring to it, I think that's been a big problem for this team too. But like, like he really is the most important role right now. D D jungle is the single most important role right behind. Like jungle and mid lane are just like duo right now, and then it goes top lane, and then support, and then ADC. ADC is obviously the least important role, which is why I can't. I think Yagos is better on ganking jungle. No, I mean. We, we saw him on Italy, and even with not even purely because of the level one, I think he was terrible on it. I think we should start putting him on Volley Bears. Volley Bears is a good ganking jungler that is not relying on early game pressure to still be relevant. But I think Yanko likes Volley Bear top, though, for wonder. I, I agree with that. But I think at this point in time, you have to acknowledge the, the level at which Yanko is playing. He cannot play these carry style early game junglers. Like, I would not want to see him on these anymore. I think that if you want to succeed right now, you need to start acknowledging. The weakness of your team in comparison to just purely the strengths. Like if this, the, if this was Yankos last year, I would trust him on Italy. Put him on champs like Volley. Yeah, again, Volley Bear. When he was on Volley Bear, completely was too strong for uh, Team Liquid to handle. I think that was an incredibly good champion to put him on. Team Liquid did not know what to do because their their main weakness was kind of covered up because, like, uh, not only can uh, Volley Bear gank, he's also relevant in team fights because he's a tank. Like, Nidalee, once she falls off and gets behind, she's just irrelevant. She's not good in the late game, and she's not good from behind at all. Hmm. Like, So that's pretty hmm. much it for Group A. Uh, I mean, like, I hope they went against Genji, but it's looking like they won't. But we'll talk about it in just a moment. Group B, Dan Wan finished 5-1, and one, JDG finished 4-2, PSG Talon 2-4, and four, and Rogue actually underperformed to the smallest expectations given to them, which is to play spoiler and get third place. Rogue themselves underperformed. I mean, yeah, like, like the best game they had is when they just didn't die too many times against Damwon. And that was their best game. No, PSG, PSG. No, against Damwon specifically. I don't care about their win. I'm oh, talking about specifically okay. in Stamon, the reason in, in the first game against them, they didn't die a lot. And it was just like, wow, Rogue is just not that bad. But in reality, Rogue just didn't want to play the game. He, oh, they just kinda... it was a game against Damwon where, like, Damwon were kind of messing up. Uh, Rogue had moments to go in on them, but they chose not to. They were playing yeah. really safe. I was like, what? Because, like, I mean, were, again... You had a, a Hecarim and a TF, stun card, alt, Hecarim alt, something. Like, like they again, just were unwilling to do anything. Yeah, Damwon was literally just looking for engages, and 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 Rogue just ran away the entire like. It was disappointing worlds from Rogue. I think they really, again, one of the few teams that I think out of EU that was just not prepared for this specific meta. Even even Mad Lions was prepared. They were just bad. <laughs> They're just not a good team. You know, uh, fact that I I remember this yesterday. I was like, Mad Lions were so bad. They got a chance to make it to the knockout rounds, and then. They underperformed what Mad Lions went like what one and four or some or something like that. So they won one game, they lost all the rest, then in a best of five, they lost five more games. That's mega choking. If that's not choking, I don't know what is. They lost nine games. It's like, like that's the only team they ever to beat was, was INTZ. INTZ. 
INTC is the only team they beat. They lost to everybody else on the world stage. Like, all around, I want I want to point out, Rogue's specific playstyle just wasn't suited for Worlds, but they also weren't able to adapt. They all, and on top of the fact that they just had a terrible top laner in a meta that's specifically designed for a lot of pressure. They finally gave top. him, they gave him Malphite in week two. It's like, why not just give him Malphite in week one and win some Top lane is too important. Top lane is too important of a role right now for you to have a, a weak side top laner. I just think that none, none of the teams that are competing for first have a weak side top laner besides maybe Gen G, and even Gen G is really not competing. Rascal's stepped it up a lot recently, actually. I think he's still not that good, but he's better than Listen, what he was. He's just you're not gonna win with Rascal. Rascal is still, I think that Gen G is really not competing for a world championship right now. They're like, I, I don't think they're in that's the why top. they bought Clid and BDD though. It is, but they just don't look good in comparison to the, the, the yeah. top teams. I mean, maybe maybe I'm misrepresenting how good they're going to be best of fives. We'll see. I mean, I, I want to see Genji is going to be the decider in DG2. For Group B, I mean, this group went as exactly as I thought, other than the Rogue dropping yeah. all their games. That's pretty much it. Like, Danwon still look good, but the issue with Danwon I have is, like, when you have Showmaker and Naguri giving over random lane kills against a better team, they will punish that. That will be punished. You can lose games off that. That is the one of the better teams. They lost to... I mean, JDG is one of the better teams. If they're not going to lose against them, they're not going to lose against anybody. Well, the next round they're facing Dragon X, so hopefully Chovy can punish Showmaker. I think Dragon X was surprisingly good this year. I think that's I will go into them later, but I did yeah. like them this year. Oh, well, like, I mean, this group was pretty much already solved. JDG for me underperformed. I think they were the they played just as bad as LGD. If I'm not being honest, they played just as bad as LGD in a lot of games too. I think the reality is this is a meta that's not suited for them. They, we started seeing again. We started seeing them trying to force early proactive play styles. They tried it when they were behind. They always tried to consistently force like leads to happen like mm -hmm. it's just because of the fact that they were not suited for this meta that they look so bad i think i think in the previous meta in the beginning of this year when it wasn't either it wasn't figured out or anything they would have mm -hmm. not fine but i think all right that is it for that nothing else really i mean psg just like team liquid um played better when they were mathematically eliminated but you could also use the argument of rogue won when it mattered to get out of the group stage when they thought they could get out so it's kind of like, eh, tomato, tomato. That's, that'll be debated amongst people for years. Going up to Group C, Genji finished 5-1, and one, Fnatic finished 4-2, and two, LGD finished 3-3, three and, three, and TSM, well, they go 0-6. The first ever Pool 1 seed to go winless. The only other team beside them to have an even worse record was the Flash Wolves from World 2017, who went 1-5, and five, and the only team to give them that. They had a better record. 1-5 is better than TSM. 0-6 and 1-5, that's... I mean, it, it is better. I mean, there's no one worse than TSM. It's, there's it's never hey, been that was the worst record up until now. If you had a, a pool one C doing that bad, like, but, um, I don't know, man. You, you want to start with TSM first, or you want to do everyone else first? Because I, I feel like TSM's going to take longer. Okay, let's let's go to uh, let's go to Fnatic first. I think Fnatic again. We we talked a little bit about them, so I don't want to delve too much into them. I they think Fnatic overperformed to expectations. I don't think so. I think this is a meta that's completely suited for them. On top of the fact that Selfmade is comp really good on the specific, uh, it's 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 a jungle centric meta, and the the meta is specifically jungle champs that Selfmade is good at. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised they're playing well. Honestly, they weren't much mm -hmm. worse than G2. I think it all was in their head. They should not have got 3-0'd by them in the finals. Like, mm. the reality, like I think the big problem with uh, G2 is the in inflexibility of uh, 
of uh, Nemesis's draft. I think that without Lucian and without the Evelyn pick and the not, not even the Evelyn pick, specifically the Lucian. Without the Lucian, I think they're a significantly weaker team. Like utility mages, I mean, mid laners, he's not really good at. I thought he was good at them last year, but he's looked really weak at them recently. Um, the top laner, I mean, not, not top laner, Ahila Sang honestly made a lot, like really terrible plays against TSM. He almost gave the game away to them, but TSM couldn't punish it. Outside of TSM, I think Reckless and Hillisang have been pretty solid for a bot lane. Hillisang has made so a few situations where you I think. You'll never give Hillisang credit, even when he does do good a little bit. I mean, he does do good. I just, I, I acknowledging what is good doesn't acknowledge, like, again, that's the, I, I want to acknowledge his problems because mm -hmm. we obviously know that Hillisang, when he's on point, is an incredibly good at support. But uh, at the same time, like we saw a few things in the in the TSM game where he walked up into the tribush when he shouldn't have and got himself killed. And I was like, you know what? This might be the thing that brings TSM back into the game. And it wasn't because TSM's terrible. But uh, like all around, I, it's really hard for me to say whether or not TSM can actually, I mean, uh, Fnatic is going to be able to perform on the EDA. Basically, they generally are incredible. Like I think that they have a massive amount of flaws in their game plan because they just don't have the talent. Like they have a lot of good players, but like it's all a lot of them don't play well on the same specific day. We saw a lot of them doing that on the group stage, was just why they were able to play so well. But at the same time, they lost against Genju, who I think right now is the weakest Korean team. Like yeah. it's 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 kind of not. I'm not too hyped on them right now. I do not expect a world championship out of them, but I do think they can beat Genji. I do think I'm not Genji. I do think they could beat a uh, uh, top top. Oh, no, no, they're playing top. They're playing Sooning. Never mind. No, they can't beat Sooning. Top. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate. They, oh, they, again, I will give credit to uh, Fnatic. They have a coaching staff that's really good at making unique picks that are really hard to adapt to. That's one of the EU's strongest points is the fact that they really do have the most most potent adaptability out of all the regions. Even even the previous season, like Season 5, when Korea was dominant, Fnatic I mean, was always the fastest to adapt to what was the new meta. But... I think that if we're going to see um, Fnatic be able to win this, it's really going to have to come from an either underperformance or a massive overperformance because I don't think Yankos has the ability to stop Knight from just demolishing him. I don't think uh, – I mean, it's, it's, again, I'm going to say the big matchup in this specific uh, matchup against between them is going to be uh, Selkmade versus Karsa. But, I mean, I think – Fnatic played well. I think I want to give credit. Fnatic played well in this specific group. Uh, on top of that, I mean, the big reason they played so well, though, is obviously how weak the group was. LGD is not is the weakest Chinese team, and we have uh, TSM, who's not a team. And then you have the weakest yeah. Korean team. Like, all around, I think that... For Fnatic, for me, I think Reckless and Hillisang overperformed to what people at least set them out for, because most people assume that Hillisang would get probably exposed by how bad he was playing in the lec he was not playing bad when he played well it is a big thing again inconsistent but again a lot of it's inconsistent because he engages on whatever he sees in front of him which i think is going to happen in those best degrees <laughs> he's <laughs> he did that in the group stage he's not this man will never ever not do that he just has this itch to just go in when he sees anything um, Blipple performed pretty well. Self-made, if they didn't have self-made, man, I don't know what their chances of getting out would have looked like. Because self-made really was a driving force for them to be insanely proactive around the map. And self-made was, I think, one of the best junglers at the event so far. I mean, I he played he played really he's, well. He's Pathing was good. great. Pathing was great. His objective control was really well. He was able to get dragons when most people were just sitting in lane farming. He stole every dragon mostly you saw anyway. Then you also had him actually playing proactive around the bot lane 
and top lane. So I think that so far, Fnatic, you know, it kind of sucks for me because I, I was trolling during my pickums and I didn't put Fnatic higher, but you know, it's okay. You were trolling. Fnatic, you thought LGD was better. No, no, no. I, I, I still was gonna have LGD um second. Yeah, I'm. Oh, am I? Oh, LGD. What's up? I think a question I want. I, I again, Hillasing is an LP. The, the thing about it is, Hillasing is literally one of the weirdest. Like he literally. Oh, he's incredibly good at making engages happen, but he is the worst Nautilus I've ever seen in my life. But somehow he's good at Thresh. Like, Thresh, who's substantially, like, squishier, he's he dies less on him than he does Nautilus. But again, it's probably because Nautilus has to actually go in. Like, he, it's so weird to me. Like, Hillisang is an incredibly good player, and I agree with that. But when he's on his offties, it's not because of non-consistent, like, committal on the enemy team. He just sometimes just commits on things where his team can't follow up on. Like, mm. Hillstein just has, like, tendencies that shouldn't exist sometimes. Like, it really... At least he's not as bad as Jack Troll. <laughs> I mean, he's not as bad as anybody. When he's good, he's, like, one of the best... Like, he, he is probably one of the best supports in the entire West. It's crazy. Um, Looking at... Let's go to LGD. LGD, I thought they were going to get out. I mean, they got third place. They were c close to getting out. Their gameplay had been pretty bad all world so far i mean the best player i think they had was shia i think he proved that throughout all their games he was their best player kramer and lang x were like their second best players mark was like he was saying mark mark was hit or miss that's what mark was to me personally mark um, just wasn't ready for the main stage you could see it. there was a lot of nerves getting to him a lot of mistakes that he didn't make in china were happening like, yeah. I, i'm a little bit disappointed he, he's young I'll give him credit. I will. I really did see a lot of potential from him, so I'm not going to judge him too harshly for that. And then yeah. you have um, LGD. I mean, now people could probably say, like, oh, yeah, well, LGD's fourth seed is not going to be as good as most people anticipated. I mean, I, I don't really know where you want to put that at. I, I think they were not very good. Their drafting was really wonky. Their objective controls were pretty bad. Peanut underperformed. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'll be right back. Just keep talking. I mean, I wouldn't say that it was an underperformance on Peanut, to be honest. I mean, he just wasn't incredibly good this year when he went against better junglers that we saw in the in the, uh, in the uh, semifinals. He just wasn't good enough to compete with them. Like, he just was objectively worse than his counterparts. I mean, SFM completely dumpstered him. They, they really struggled against all of the top teams because of their weaknesses in the jungle. When Peanut is against weaker junglers, I think he plays fine. But, for, like, all around, I wouldn't give him too much credit. And I don't want to say Peanut underperformed. I, I just think he was outmatched in a specific amount. Like, he's not better than Clid anymore. He's not – he wasn't playing better than self-made. Like, there's just – it wasn't – it's not fortunate. I mean, I think he was really good in his prime, but I think at that point in time, I don't know if we're ever going to see that level of play again from him. I think we're just going to get an above-average jungler who is really struggles against lower-tier teams – I mean, higher-tier teams, like – I don't know. He can't play weak side junglers. I think his abilities to play tanks kind of really, like, puts him down a tier, in my opinion, because, like, again, without the ability to play tanks, you're kind of, like, funneled into what you're able to play. But right now, the meta kind of suits him, so it's fine. And he's in a better region for himself because there's a lot more teams that will actually commit fully to what he does. Or the hyperactive gameplay, because there's so many kills going on, it really doesn't affect them too poorly. Like, I'm not saying that... uh. I mean, Peanut's bad. I just don't think... I don't know how much of an underperformance it was, more so as him being just completely unmatched. 
he was. I mean, I mean, he's been he was bad last year when he was on Gen G. He's he just back to the city. He was he was bad. I just don't think he's better than Selfmade, and I don't think he's better than Clid. I think he was just like the only jungler who's better than obviously was Spica. I mean, I Spica and now. Spica eh, actually I, outperformed Tina. I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, Spica just didn't do anything in the early game. At least Peanut did something. Peanut was making stuff happen. Spica just didn't die. Spica's like the rogue of junglers. <laughs> All right. Now it's time to move on to the team that everyone wants to talk about, TSM. I mean, I, I we had a whole video when we watched the games. I was aggravated, and I was just yelling the entire time because it was just disappointing. Like, TSM, 100%. When they, 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 they discorded and they're engaged, they, they, they specifically picked one of the most easy to execute combos in the entire game, which is Camille Galio. But again, Bearson's they were teleport so... were pretty bad. I mean, Bearson's it wasn't even and they ran out, like you know, Bearson's teleports were not that good. Their macro in the mid game was really bad. <clears throat> it wasn't it wasn't even mostly execution. Their early game comps, they really did actually kind of who was the best player in TSM? Wasn't it Spica? Spica, no, I think it was Broken Blade as much as people don't want to acknowledge it because he had a few situations where he played poorly. I think that Broken Blade, everybody played poorly in the second half. But again, Spica, for a meta that is designed, again, he didn't die a lot. And I think he had a few good engages. But again, this, this specific meta is is inherently expediated and or kind of just kind of controlled by the jungler right now. And he was unable to make anything proactive happen in the early game. Like, he played team fights moderately well, but so did Broxa. I mean, I think he was a better version of Broxa this year with sometimes he'd get engages going off. but he, And he was moderately decent when it came to just being in the right positions. But, like, that five-man sleeve was tough, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was a really good situation on his point. But at the same time, like, I think that it comes down to team cohesion right now. There's obviously, just based off that, there's not that person who's pulling the trigger and saying, we need to go in on this right now. We need to commit to this. There's not there's not a shot caller on that team. And I think that's the obvious problem with this team. I think Spica showed glimpses of being a moderately decent jungler, but I still think he's not that great. I think that his abilities to play in the early game, which is the most important aspect of the, the game right now, is early game jungling. He's not able to perform on that level. He's only able to kind of transition into kind of post post laning jungling and be, be he's able to play those champions just not the specific role well like i i think like again i, I don't want to get, take too much spick is not the reason they lost but i do think that his his specific style nick i mean moderately inhibited how well tsm could play but I, again bjergsen is is the, the the complete reason the biggest thing we need to talk that the biggest thing we need to talk about this team, he, he was an underperforming player this entire season. I mean, this entire Worlds. I think he had a few moderately decent games. He had a few moderately decent situations, but nothing up to his standard. He never played to his standard. His Zilly game at the beginning wasn't bad, but again, the the uh, the team around him played so poorly around it that it made it seem like it was a bad pick. Like, I think that TSM in general just didn't have a grasp of what the meta they wanted to play at was. I think like, they got blown out in scrims and were like, we can't do this anymore. I don't know. I don't want to take – I just want to say the first game they played was terrible. The second game they played was worse. The third – like, the first game was probably the best game they had. Like – I think the best game they had was the Gen G one. Nah, they got a lead, but they threw it away. And, like, at the very least, in, in the other games – they got it back. 
Nah, and then they mean, threw it. I'm just saying, like, I, I think their know. best game was against Gen G. I don't know. I, like, I just... if, if you're getting, like, five-man sleeps and you're that ahead early on, Broken Blade's even winning his lane, it's like if you can't win at that point, there's no hope for you. No, no. Broken Blade won most did fine in lane. But, I think that like, wasn't a big problem. Even like even toward um the very end of it, like if he, how would I say this? Like if you're trading Baron for your Nexus, I don't really know honestly what can really help them. Like I assume there are going to be changes. There's going to be changes, as you know. TSM coaching staff. Tor- coaching staff. Like people said, just replace them all again. You know, just get them all around Bjergsen. Bjergsen also underperformed, so you want to replace Bjergsen too. I'm pretty sure most people won't want that. The thing so, about it is Bjergsen's been playing well all year in comparison to everybody who's been playing poorly. The, the, I, these problems have been relevant the entire year. They just weren't fixed. And that's something yeah. that is just incredible to me. And like something just that like exacerbate. What? That, yeah, that's the word. Exacerbated. So, uh, I don't know. You know, like, do Bjergsen and double for Tyre after this point? I don't think Bjergsen does. I mean, I don't see a reason as to why he would. He's had one specific select amount of games, six games altogether that have been bad. In comparison to what I would say is a really successful year. I think he's played well. I just think that with the lack of shot calling, maybe he didn't believe that this team was going to be able to make it and it just got into his head, so he played poorly. But I don't know. I mean, that's not an excuse to play poorly to that extent. Like, his, his, his LeBlanc combos were terrible. His ability, like, like all around, he just wasn't that useful on the team. Spica was, was probably the second or first best performing member on this team, debatably, which means that he was not even in the top two. Broken Blade was playing better than him, too. Like... Yeah. I think if you want to make a team, I think the two you have to keep are obviously Broken Blade and, like, Bjergsen. I think that everybody else needs, like, the bot lane in general, Biofrost was terrible the entire year. Like I think Biofrost was the worst performing member. If you're talking worst performing... It's hard because Doublelift Blade was set up to fail with picks like the Blanc and the Point and Click Champs, but doing this said Bjergsen barely could roam as a mid laner. I get the big, this is the big thing about it. The execution on Bjergsen's part had nothing to do with Point and Click Champions. If you look at like, if we look at the specific engages in the top lane where he actually W over, double W, he went W R instead of W Q R E. He went W W and died before he can even get a Q R E off. No, he did get a Q E off. He just missed the E. And did oh, he hit him with the chase? Remember the river chase where like people like screenshot it where he threw a LeBlanc cue? He could have threw it straight, but he threw it between two people. I'm just like, this man is choking. He's just he just he mis-executed a lot of things. It had nothing to do with the picks. That just seems like an on-paper thing that Ellis is talking about. Statistics-wise, he actually wasn't was he even he playing that bad statistics? I don't know. I don't think the stats really reflect how poorly Bjergsen played because I think he was a terrible player this year. Like I think that this is At the worst. Worlds, right? It's the worlds, yeah, specifically. I think he played extremely well in NA. But uh like just a misexecution on champion a champion that he's played a lot and that he's really found a lot of success on, he wasn't able to perform well on. And I don't think it like I don't even think that also big, um Don, what? I know people say things like that, but this is for you to actually educate you on certain things because I used to do that too. Where like um one person would say something and one person would say something and that would be like the usual consensus. Try to kind of meet it in the middle. Try to see like try to go off of what you saw. So like that's what I would go off of. Because a lot of other people say that, you know, Ellis said this and Dwayne said this and Azale said this. Not saying you did anything wrong, you did anything wrong. What I'm saying is that try to see it from your point of view. 
you know? Because, like, that's... We were just talking about that. One person's gonna say something to change the narrative on something, while one player or one other person will say this to make it seem different. That's what I'm trying to say. I want to point out, Ellis is one of the smartest people in the entire scene, so it's understandable why you take his word over most people's. But at the same time, he's also one of the most stubborn people, and he gets kind of... If you watch the game, you can see Bjergsen on a pretty though. I just want to say, he is a very stubborn person, and he likes to claim the more polar opposite of what the popular kind mm -hmm. of opinion is. That's just how Bjergsen, I mean, Ellis perform, like, kind of functions. I think he's intelligent. I think he's really knowledgeable about the game to an extent that I don't think I ever will be. He, he understands the game more than I could. But at the same time, I think specifically on this this specific thing he's wrong on, I've heard a little bit about it. I think statistics-wise is what he was bringing up. And then he brought up a few things that kind of make relevant sense if you look at the game in a broad sense. Like he has good stats, plus the team comp specifically makes his his, his champion not good. But like like if you actually, like when, when you get into the game and delve into it, it was a lot of misexecutions on his part that actually made it like so poorly done. I think that I, I mean I love I, I genuinely love watching like Bjergsen play. So I mean it, it's really hard for me to say because I was I was I was talking about how he was the best mid laner all year, was I not? Every time somebody said no, I would yell at him. But like it, it, it's just it's disappointing. Like this is the worst world he's ever had. This is the worst international performance I've ever seen. It's worse than when he lost Unicorns of Love that one time. If you can like, if he can bounce back from this, I hope he can, you know, but double if is different, you know, I, if there was a time where you can see double if retiring. I mean, I, I want to point out, it is a singular year. Last year at Worlds, double if was an incredible player. I don't think Bjergsen doesn't take enough risks. I, I, the Zillion pick specifically, go. the reason that Zillion works into TSM's comp is because TSM makes a lot of overzealous committals and Zillion is actually able to, to make up for that difference. On top of the fact that Zillion's Q Double Q is a very big zoning tool. That's why it works out. It's, it's a lot. Of, it makes a, up for a lot of mistakes that uh, TSM makes, and it's I a really good zoning. Because tool. I don't like the zillion pick because it people have practice. It only works here because the laners are bad. It does not work against people who have a brain. It did not work against Chie. Did not work against BDD. I want to point out against like, anybody like that. It didn't actually seem that bad here. I'm like at Worlds this because year. Because the laners the were just so the laners here were so bad at they they made the pick look so OP no, though. I, I want to point out like it did it didn't feel that bad at Worlds when he played it the first time. It just it just first time, it, yeah I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I, I think it became bad because the rest of the team was terrible around it. And then the second time I agree. That was a terrible choice for him. Yeah, he, just, he got solo killed. You saw his face. He was like, all right, I just, I suck. I just like the second time, I think it was unfortunate. But the first time, I think that, I don't think it was a bad pick. I think he played it moderately okay still. I just think that, like, if you look at the bot lane when they overcommitted, the ults actually just amounted to nothing, even with him trying to save them from that. And that kind of just it hampered his mood. He's, like, the Q is a big zoning tool, and that's the big reason as to why he's able to zone and he's able to uh, kind of negate a lot of bad misplays. But... Like, I think that the way that Chizo was playing the game, it was really irrelevant. Like, I don't want to say Zillion is a bad pick. I think it's really good in specific comps, and it actually is really – it's extremely good if you're good at it. Like, but, but it's not – he's good at, though. That's his thing. If he can't what? do it against people like Shea or BD. No, he didn't play it poorly. It's Again, I want to point out that pick didn't work – not work because of him. I don't think he was the fault of this. I think it was the comp around him and the players around him that made this not function well. It's one of the few times. I think Bjergsen as a whole played terribly the entire Worlds, but that specific pick is not the problem there. I think it was a lot of decision-making was a big reason on that re that game why he wasn't able to. Again, another reason, another thing is like the, the, the positioning on Doublelift's part as to why they wouldn't, weren't able to win. 
he overcommitted on a lot of things and was able it was just picked off. Like all around, I think that double lift, I want to give him another chance. This is the one world's I'm the, the one year that I've seen him play poorly. So I would I would still keep him on the team at the very least and maybe try out an academy later. Uh, trying out academy doesn't seem like a bad idea. I mean I don't I think, think a player like Double will set up for that. He doesn't have a choice. I mean, if he doesn't, then just get rid of him. I mean, I think that he, he at this point in time, his performance validates getting rid of him and trying out an academy laner. But, like, if you want to – like, if he wants to be able to keep his spot, he needs to either step it up or, or do something else. Because, I mean, I think there there has to be at least one rotation piece, like one roster move, because there is just – some there's not a shot caller and they need to rotate a shot caller into this team or they're never gonna win. I don't just understand why they didn't ever try out treats and give him a fair shot, you know. Again, it, it all come, I, we, we all we all know what the reason was. Yeah, TSM, but that, but that's my thing is that that's why I'm trying to bring up to your point is it's he's not gonna accept being on academy. That's the thing. I mean, whether or not they actually. It's whether or not they give him that much control because he should obviously not have that much control of whether or not he's on academy. He's just not performed well enough to have that right. Hmm. Well, that's pretty much it for TSM. Uh, their season's over. I, I personally think that – I mean, everybody knows me because like, I literally have streams and videos. I didn't think they were that good in general, but I think they were going to underperform to this massive extent. That's no like one crazy. expected an 06 TSM. This is the most they, disappointing They could have at least – you know, if I'm being generous, they could have went 2-4. and four. I think they could have won two games. They, 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 could, they could have been Fnatic. They could have beaten Gen G. That game against Gen G, that could have been the, one of their wins, and then they could have got a win against Fnatic or LGD maybe. They should have went two and four. They're not zero six bad. That that well, that's just crazy. I'm just gonna point out that I don't I don't see a reason to go to go to EU when you get paid more than NA. Like competitive competition means a lot to some people, but obviously the money and, and the the being of the, the brand, the face value brand. The brand well, kind the of picture. What do you want? You want money and face recognition, or you want to do well at Worlds? Because he wants to do well at Worlds. I'm just saying, he, he's the he's the fa- the figurehead of TSM right now. The most more one of the most popular organizations in the like the league. I agree with that. I mean, honestly, in his shoes, I don't blame him at all. It's the mature way to look at this. Looking at like, it's you're either taking a chance and risking your entire kind of like like financial future. On whether or not you can make worlds and make it worth worthwhile, or you take the the guaranteed amount of money and stay on TSM. Like, like maybe maybe it would make sense for a lot of people to go switch over to EU. But like, I don't see, I don't blame him for what he's doing. What he's doing specifically is a good idea to do. Again, I I, I think I would probably take the same chance if I mean obviously I'll, I'll never get that chance specifically, but like. Like I think that I would probably do the same thing in issues. It's it's a lot of money on the table that he'd be giving up if he swapped over to TSM and let somebody else take that mantle of TSM from him. Mm-hmm. Like this is if he if he sets him up as as this person he keeps performing well on an A, he's gonna be popular for years. Hmm. All right. So that's pretty much it with uh group C. C. Yeah, now to move on to group D. This group is pretty much just as predictable as group B. Obviously. I, I was it was a lot more interesting than Group B. I will give it credit for that. I think yeah. that. I think that well, Dragon you know X. Crazy. That was crazy. If Unicorns of Love had beaten top esports in their game, Flycoast would have had a shot to play spoiler later on because they got two wins later on, which is crazy against top and Unicorns of Love. Maybe get a tiebreaker scenario at a certain point, you know. But 
making young unicorns of love to beat top esports is like making young unicorns of love to beat rogue would be a be a question <laughs> at this point. Like, I think I, I really did like what Dragon X brought to the table. They really swapped up their playstyle and started relying more on Chovy's early game aggression. But again, the big problem with Dragon X and the something that is always going to be said about them is the fact that if they don't have Chovy ahead in the mid game, they can't transition well into late game because their shot calling revolves around Chovy making these aggressive engages in the late game to be able to team fight well. And that's the reason as to why Dragon X will never be able to play on the international stage completely. Because even though their, their playstyle was actually, like, I, I really did enjoy the swap and early game aggression that they tried to make this year. But, I mean, again, De Death played pretty well, too. I think this was a better performance on out of base part. But, again, like, it, it, it's it's hard for me to say, like, is it uh, enough? Like, again, Chovy is, is the hit or miss. I mean, he's a good person to put in that mantle if he needs to get ahead. Because, I mean, there's not many mid laners who could say they could beat him. Like, even, even Knight would have a hard time against him. That's, that's just like... He's the top three mid laner at Worlds regardless. I think was the best performing jungler in the group. I think he absolutely just I, he's, house. I think he had a few weird situations. I think he made a few mismanaged mistakes. I mean, if we look at it, I think the Kirae was one of the best support. Like, they had a lot of good players on this team all around. Like, every one of their players is, is world-class besides uh, Roach. Besides him, I think that everybody is world... Did I say Roach? Or whatever. I mean, Doran. I think that, yeah, I, I, that's that. I'm trying to. Why did I say Roach, Doran? I think everybody else is Dor is is world class besides that player, and that's really the big reason as to why they might not be able to win anything is because top lane is such a, a, a such a valuable asset right now. It, it is the most important role in the game right now. Jungle pressure is revolving specifically around top lane. You're able to give up these early game dragons, and for the most part, that's what the most successful teams do. They give up these first one to two dragons get a lot of pressure in top lane the first time, and then they take the Rift Herald and gank second top a second time and take the entire turret in the span of what? Like, less than 10 minutes sometimes. Like, that, that is a mass amount of gold going the way of the, whoever gets it, and it puts the top laner in a snowballing depth, I mean, situation, and they're able to transition their leads pretty well because that's just the state of top lane right now. A lot of the uh, meta champions in top lane are either like Camille, who is incredibly good at getting the back line at any stage in the game, Orn, who's just a stupid tank, who's has one of the best engaged tools in the game. Like all these player champions, if you get them ahead, they're extremely useful. If you can get Orn to that power spike of uh, fourteen, where he can start giving his items away early on, he's he wins the game for you almost because you get so much extra thousand gold worth of stats added into your kit. Like, mm -hmm. I I really I think that is the big fault of. Dragon X because I think their playstyle was really good this year and I think they really did besides that specific aspect have a really good adaption to this meta like Chovy's playing really well Deft and Kira are playing it phenomenal Kira specifically if you look at that game against Top Esports the first time where they got a really good engage in the top side and he flashed in and followed it up with the play I think that was incredible on his part to really take that in consideration it bounced back the lead in their side but then they make stupid mistakes like Kiri actually walking out of the bush on accident so they can see everybody's in that bush. Like, mm -hmm. there, there, there's a few situations. Like, Dragon X is trying to adapt to a play style that they're not used to, so they make a little a couple mistakes here and there, and that's, like, it's understandable. I mean, I expect, I expect uh, like, Dragon X to probably lose pretty hard to damn one. Like, it's unfortunate. Um... 
matchup. Top East. Well, let's go FlyQuest first, because then we'll do top. Uh, FlyQuest. I think FlyQuest. It's hard. <sighs> it's the same thing with Team Liquid. It's like, I don't get why teams overperform when it doesn't matter. But Power of Evil in general have been playing well every single game anyway. He, like, even Flame Horizon Knight in their game. I was like, holy crap. Incredibly like, good player. Power of Evil and Jensen played really well. I think this was their best showing to prove that they should always get a starting spot no matter what. Uh, if you're FlyQuest, moving forward from this, I think you keep Power of Evil. I think you keep Ignar. Some people said you should give her a solo, try out a different ADC from Wild Turtle. I don't think Wild Turtle had that bad of a group stage, honestly. I like, specifically the solid. last game, I think, that he played really well on. But I, I don't think he played well, like, the entirety of the, 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 the group he stage. He was very solid, is what I'll say. He was no, a I solid mean, part. That's what he I'll, was I'll better than Doublelift. I mean, if they had TSM double it, I mean, Wild Turtle still, maybe they'd be a little better of a team. But, uh, <laughs> like, I think my big problem with FlyQuest specifically is obviously the, the pace at which Santorin played the game. Santorin was not doing anything in the early game to be relevant, and that's really what kind of hampered them. And top of the fact, Solo was the worst player at Worlds almost. Like, what do you even do about that? Like, how, how do you make a team relevant? Okay, at that point, you do take revenge. Like, at that like, point, I, feel, I think that up. you like honestly, I feel like I'm gonna go try out for FlyQuest at this point just so they can have a relevant top because when I die, at the very least, I'm gonna die in the middle of their team, not in solo top lane. I'll hide behind the turret at least. Like <laughs> first game at Worlds, this man gives up first blood to three six nine. <laughs> it's just it's aggravating how little so like solo. I gave him credit. We gave him credit all last year for developing as a player, and we're like, this guy is a better version of Impact. And now and the only impact he has in the game is the fact that he makes the score, the, the goal deficit grow so so quickly. But he dies. Team. Yeah. For the enemy team, he just doesn't see us, <laughs> and then he dies when he tries. Like, like it, it, it's, it's a major flaw inside of a FlyQuest was mostly, I honestly think they might have been able to contest for that spot out of world um, groups if they had a solid top laner. Like, yeah. Because with their... To be fair, Santorin did not play that bad. Ignar and Wild Turtle were pretty solid. Ignar was, thought that... Ignar was pretty pretty weak. Ignar it, was pretty weak this world. He was weak also. when he tried to bail out his teammates. That's I don't what know. I mean, he, he also made a lot of mistakes in engages. Like Ignar was, it was not his best worlds. Like I think that Power Evil, one of the actual best mid laners in the entire tournament. Like I, I think he was, I think he was better than Jensen in this tournament. I think he was the best. When one of the best, honestly, was he, he? He was the best Western mid laner we sent this year. Like he played Crazy. the best. He was the best Western mid laner this year. He played incredible this entire tournament in in the single hardest group mid lane wise. I think he played well. He had he night. He held his own against Trophy too. Night and Trophy, like the, the, that's two. Parvio and just incredible. I I, I want to give him two. I, I want to give him more credit than I expected. That I think game, he, game he had. Oh my god, that was insane. Just I want to point out this. Jensen and Power Evil played incredible this Worlds, and they were both losing to Bjergsen, and this is how Bjergsen <laughs> performs. Like, I think the gap between them is not very much, but... No, and even Bjergsen's then, like a, if Bjergsen's like a 9 yeah, I just or think 8, they're, then they're just even. I think they're all just even. They're all even, but they do good things in their own way for their specific teams. I think the, the big pro like, it's just incredible to me, like, the gap between them was so close... And then we see Bjergsen literally losing to caster minions in a 1v1. Like, it's just, it's, it's just like not the same 
quality of hey, player anymore. Jensen and Calgary are world class, not Bjergsen. Bjergsen's middle class. <laughs> Man, I, I can mean, just say I that now. I get to say that now based on the performance I just saw. Jensen yeah, that's and- fair. They were, they're both substantially better than them. That's like, crazy, though. Now we're calling POE and Jensen world-class. They literally just perform really well. I mean, I I'm think... Just, I'm, I'm, not trying to say, I'm not trying to say certain things, but, like, Power of Evil definitely performed to a world-class level. Matt and Trophy are power-ranked, like, the best players at the tournament, though. Power of Evil has always played well in the world stage. That's one big thing I'll say about him on, on Misfits and all that stuff. He's always played well. Yeah, on the international stages, we saw he was one of the main reasons as to why they were able to beat like TSM that a few years ago, he's always played well internationally. It seems like it doesn't affect him at all. Like I want to give credit to Power of Evil. He was one of the he was this probably the best Western mid laner we sent this year. Caps probably because Caps underperformed to a drastic extent. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that like realistically, TS I mean FlyQuest played better than they should have in this group purely FlyQuest because played of, better than TSM. And like it's it's just it's real. Like TSM had no one worse than Solo on their team. And they, and they still didn't make it out of groups because they were so unable to play in this specific style of meta. Misfits Worlds 2007. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, that one was one of the big reason. Like, Ignar and him have made incredible teams work. I, I want to say that I, I, I really did like what they brought to the table. I think they could make a, a, a caliber team out of this that they could, like, honestly, if they, like, brought on FBI to this team and then just, like, I'm just like saying, at FBI this point, or load to this top lane for them, they would be a better team. <laughs> or Kumo. Hey, maybe Kumo, Kumo could. I love, I love Kumo. I still think I'm going to give him more more slack because he played so on Academy. But I really uh, like him. FlyQuest, their, their run's over. Um, I think Fly, FlyQuest is the most improved LCS org throughout the year. They came in as a joke. They come out the winners. They improve their brand. Everyone knows their name. They're TreeQuest Initiative. They're, they, did a lot of, they did a lot of good this year. That's the more than I can say for CLG. But, uh, you know, I, I think they did really well. I, I want to really congratulate FlyQuest. They changed their brand. They got better players. They made fi- they made back-to-back finals. They're not a joke anymore. I think that's a, that's a really that's good year. That's the craziest thing is that they made back-to-back finals and they're still, like, underappreciated in the league. Like, they, they like everybody is like, yeah, Team Liquid is substantially better than them going into this Worlds. And they, they outperformed Team Liquid that's in the playoffs. That's because FlyQuest, their only strength was playing scaling mid and support that's it that's all there was I mean, it, it, it was, was based mid. well it wasn't always i mean again they played was, a lot of they played a lot of mid laners that didn't scale i mean i think the big thing about it is the fact that like if we if we look at uh like what's it called they they were kind of rele- relegated to oriana duty in the mid lane and i didn't mm-hmm. really think that was good for them like i i think oriana is a solid champion but if that's something you put on your it's a comfort pick for your mid laner who's incredibly good at other champions it just kind of like brings down the team a little bit like um i think of lo- unicorns you- of love there's there's just not much there they're just their solo lane laners suck i think gadget oh. gadget's their only good player and you can't carry through adc like that anymore so i want to point out him. like i think their their big play style problem if you look at play-ins they had a lot of problems in the abilities to translate leads into later stage like like mm-hmm. uh like they they went from leads in the early game into forced team fights, and that's the reason they lost into PSG is because they had a lot of coordin- uncoordinated team fights in the in like after getting a massive amount of leads, and they could never actually sustainably end the game. Like against against bad teams in their region, when you group up with a lead, they will try and force to engage on you. But against better teams who are behind, they will actually try and play more reactionary and trying to 
Like, and, and they obviously will find better flanks to get out. Like, like I think Unicorns of Love was really good at playing the early game. I think that was a good thing. Like, maybe not in the group state specifically, but I think that that was their biggest strength. And I think they could have translated that in the early game inside of the group stages, but they just didn't. Like, but they just didn't have the players to pull it off. They, they tried to force team fights. When, when you try and force team fights because you have a lead, but you have worse t- players in the other way, way around, like mm-hmm. the enemy team, it, it swaps the execution from a one through one, which is required for them to be able to be able to stop your solo laners into a into a ability for them to be able to outperform you execution wise and be able to like make it to where you actually lose the team fights. And they left that door open for enemy teams to be able to get back in by trying to say that they were able to execute this way, but they just it, like realistically had no way to do it. They should have went for objectives more when they had leads. They should have contested more for vision like they just did none of those things and like that's probably why they were probably the worst team at worlds this year on the group stage specifically like i think they had a lot of potential but i mean not they didn't have any potential i mean i'm trying to find good things to say about them like i think they were fun to watch they were really fun to watch the game against top esports was still exciting got a lot of kills in that one but like all around i think that i don't really want to see oh I expect to see see a team of their caliber on the world stage again next year. Yeah. Uh, last team we'll touch on is top esports. I think top were per- they were they were good. I mean, I, I think this is not. Good. I think they were they, good. They're obviously still the second best team in worlds. I mean, I think that yeah. it's just whether or not you think there's a bigger gap than there was going into worlds, and I do think there is. I think that Damon looks significantly better than JDG. I mean, at top esports. I like mm-hmm. think that when they got a lead, it was less likely for the enemy team to be able to pull off engages and stuff. It just it seemed like Damon, 100%, when they played the early game, that is the big, big problem with them is that sometimes they actually end up losing the engages in the early game because they try and force fights a lot too often. Mm-hmm. But uh, Top Esports, again, the most mechanically talented team at Worlds this year, probably. Mm-hmm. LCK counters LPL. Um... Not last year against Griffin versus IG. I mean, hey. I think they do. I mean, I think genuinely LCK counters everybody this year, like with their good players. I think this is the year LCK wants to bounce back because this is the interesting part where we're going to get into it after this. I, I think top esports played well. I think the issue with top I have is that Yu Yanji is a. He's not bad. He's just. Really, like again, you I can think they exploit they're... their bot lane. Like you can, you can exploit their bot lane. The issue here is their bot lane leaves openings to get exploited, and I think that if you're a team that wants to beat them, you're gonna have to tackle. You're gonna have to die bot consistently. Jackson was one of the best, if not the best, ADC performance at Worlds this year. That's just, I, I, yeah. I think Ugh. the big problem is that Yuanji actually doesn't understand a lot of lane matchups. It seems like he actually steps up a little more too often than he should. Mm-hmm. Gets choked out, though. CS is a lot harder to get Karsa's to. Karsa's jungle path is pretty predictable. He goes from top to mid to bot. He then he likes to invade. Like, he's pretty... His jungle pathing is really predictable. So I think that going into the match with Fnatic, self-make could probably take advantage of him. They're not kicking Bjergsen. Bjergsen is... I would... I, I think if they're going to pick some... They're going to kick support 100%. Biofrost is gone from this team. I think the second person... If I had to pick, I would be ADC and then jungle. I think all three of those are good to be kick out. As much as Spike played well at Worlds, I still don't think he has the potential to make a team world class. Bjergsen, unfortunately, needs to... Like, he played too well in NA for me to say that he couldn't perform well on the international stage because look at look how Power of Evil did and look how, uh, like, uh, what's his name did? 
how uh, Jensen, Jensen did. He was he definitely equalized at the very least potential-wise to them. I think that he needs to really adapt to the world's meta, though. I think he really just wasn't prepared for it. That with TF being banned every single game, he just didn't roam at all, which is kind of weird. He just kind of well, tried TF to leave it. TF is in built a roaming champion, though. Yeah, but he, he roamed a lot more with other champions, too. It just when he got to Worlds, he just didn't attempt to. All right, so that's it. And now it's time for the fun part, guys. Quarterfinals are set. Let me go to the LOL Esports page. It's time for my pick'ems. This time I'm saving them. This time I'm saving them. Holy crap, they're not tricking me again. Oh, yeah, I have to do my pick'ems too, huh? All right, so let me sign in right now. Let me mute my mic for a second while I take this up. Let me do my password. Okay, number... I, I can't have you guys hearing that. How do I... How do I uh, where is the pick'ems? I don't even see them. Where are my pick'ems? I want to do them too. Coming at you live. Real, real wow. Alright, so, because someone said, oh yeah, I was full of shit when I was, said I was trolling. I literally, after we got, after I got done with trolling my pick'ems last time around, you know what happened? I forgot to actually go back and say them. I just exited out because we were just ending the show. That's why. I had mostly everything correct. I had Fnatic at, um... I don't know where I have Fnatic or TSM, but I know I had LGD at second and Genji first. I'm not for sure. And then I had I had Flyquest. I don't really know, honestly. Uh, it's okay. It's just Pick'ems. All right. If you go to the LOL Esports page where it has Pick'ems, you'll have it where they say so you can make your picks. Uh, make, make your picks, and they'll have the knockout stage. All right. So I'm going to show you my screen because that gets you to the second point of what's the show is. I'm saving my picks this time. Uh, I'm going to grab my Red Bull real quick. I'll be right back. Okay, so top esports versus Fnatic, Suning versus JDG, Genji versus G2, and then you also have Damwon versus Dragon X. So, looking at it right now, uh, there's one day left to actually make your pick'em, so I'm pretty glad I locked these in, actually. So, um, I would like to know, are you going to pick G2 to win Worlds? See, there you go. G2 will win. G2 is going to be in the finals. Let's go. G2 will be in the finals. My boys will be in the finals. Okay. My No, 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 no. No. I don't want that saved. I don't want that saved. I, don't, I, I do not want that saved right now. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why is this saved? Why can't I replace people? What is going on here? Oh, my God. Oh, that's how you do it. Okay. 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 I'm just making sure. I don't want the, just that being there. But, yeah. Give me one second. Gen G World Champions. Let's go. All right. Let's... All right. So, the point of this right here is because obviously I'm not going to see any of you until, and, you know, I'm not going to see any of you guys until next week. And by the time you see each other next week, we'll be on semifinals. Sorry about that troll thing. Oh, my God, guys. I'll show you how much trolling I did. We were literally having some fun. That's oh, trolling yeah. for you. Bro, I was trolling hard. Oh, I forgot. I had Fnatic at third. You had TSM at first at one point in time, I remember. <laughs> are you, are you, are you, I think you just... <laughs> no, yeah. here's what happened. Okay, so th this is how I was trolling, right? And then after that, you know how it saves for you? Before they let it save, how it takes a moment to save, I exited out. I was going to go back in and put my, my the pics I showed you initially when the stream first started. That's when I told you I was trolling. And then they were like, oh, you're full of shit. If I'm full of shit, then why is my first group the same way I had it when I first started 
this whole stream last time around. I get the fuck out of here. Tell me I'm lying. But nevertheless, it's okay. It's fine. I'm not mad. I'm just saying. That was um, that was the maddest I've ever heard anybody in my life. I'm not mad. I'm just lying. I just I hate these people, and I hope that yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, like, dude, I said sooner. I that's why I tell people I'm not. I was trolling. I literally said sooner were better than G2. They were gonna get first place. G2 gonna get second. Was I wrong? I was the only guy here saying Sooner was going to get first place. I'm, yeah, I'm the one that actually watched every single one of their games, and I still didn't believe in them because <laughs> they weren't better. I saw little bits of their game because, you know, SOFM usually I watched doesn't... every single game, All and I was like, you know, there's too many weaknesses in the game side. <laughs> but you know You're what? Like, you know what? I, lo I watched all their games, but I'm still not going to predict to be first place. No, because, because again, I, I had to point it out. I watched more games. Uh, uh, because of SOFM, I watched more Sooning games than I did G2 games this season. It's just actually surprising. G2 100% like against Jenny. It's, it's, it's the big thing about it is with Yanko's playing so poorly, they had no answer to the, just the, the, the raw like aggression that SFM put out. Like, and then Angel was just playing substantially better than Caps. Like, they lost in every single role. Like, I don't think they won. Well, I, they... I even saw like this is how I compared it. Sooning are losing up against IG and FPX. Teams like JDG, Top Esports. Well, I don't want to go back competition. Again, a big thing you about have it. to. No, I don't like, have to. I think Caps the big is playing up against mid laners like Special from XL. What if I'm Angel losing? Is playing up against what if I'm in the LCK and I start losing to like Chovy, does that make me better than Bjorkson because all he plays against is like I thought you already like, thought that. Right I'm just saying it, it's it's not about the it, players specifically. The reason I thought that SFM again, it wasn't about the early game pressure. It was about the inability. It was it was about the inability for uh, like uh, sooning to actually close it again. The way it works is if you can stall out towards the later half of the game. Yeah, I agree. The the, the Viking berserkers. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> but uh, if you stall out towards the later half of the game, like there's there's absolutely nothing. Uh, sooning 100% will eventually throw the game away. But uh, it just seemed imagine like this. just imagine this rogue. God, like I was like, you know what? Because we're ha ha having like discussions of like unicorns of love over Dragon X. Imagine if that was actually a thing. That I want to point crazy. out, I got Group B one hundred percent right. Did you? I did. I you put. Had I put. I had put G over them. Yes. I, I, there's no way you predicted that. I there's did predict no that. That's cr you're trolling. That was pure trolling. What I? I mean, honestly, I assumed Rogue would be bad, and that they're getting there. I honestly was surprised by how good T PSG was without their men mid and jungle like i i just thought they would be able to take like a game or two off them and then win like win the tiebreaker or something but <laughs> it was so impressive all right let's go to the one that's in the title which is top esports versus Fnatic. this is the most this on paper should be the most lopsided i this is my thing i think Fnatic will do better this time around the quarterfinals against a chinese team than fpx last time they really went in underestimating fpx they really did but that's not really an uh, excuse to lose to them. It's just more or less so. I think they'll win more games than they did last year. Does that mean they're going to beat top esports? I don't think so. I think that they're massively outclassed in a lot of their positions. Like, even looking at 369, 369 played really well. He played better than Bwipo. Like, the best part about Fnatic is self-made. Karsa can match self-made. And everywhere else, like, Reckless versus Jackalove as a rematch. I think Re Reckless and Jackalove are even at the event so far. Hillsang is better than Yu Yanji. That's a good thing for Fnatic so far. So far. So, like, if Fnatic bring this to five games, I see Fnatic doing that. I don't see them winning, though. I can see Fnatic 
this being I like that upset where people are going, you know, yeah, Fnatic almost got it toward the very end. And for that, I'm putting top esports going on the semifinals. I think this will be a five game series though. I honestly think that if TS if the Fnatic actually ends up losing that first game, I think it's probably going to be 3-0, 3-1. I think that Fnatic's again has a lot of they're they're bringing a lot of things to the table, and I think we're going to see the brunt of what they're capable of in the first game. They're going to bring a lot of new things to the table, and the adaptability is going to be a big factor in this com mm -hmm. like this, this, this series. Whether or not it actually amounts to anything is going to be what we see. Because if mm -hmm. Fnatic is not able to win that first game, it's, it means that what they've been practicing this whole time is not relevant. Remember, uh, I think uh, FPX last year they did the Rangar top. <laughs> I loved FPS last year; they were fun to watch. But uh, I think it's probably gonna be a three-one, mm -hmm. like in, in favor of uh, Fnatic. I mean, top esports. Uh, that would have this been is a what bad. I don't. This is what I don't like about this tournament is that I see. L I'm a person that watches all the regions. I see these matches between LPL all the time. I don't need to watch them on the world stage. I want to watch China versus Korea, China versus EU. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see LPL versus LPL. I hate this system. It's so stupid. It's not yeah. a bad. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the whole point of you don't want to see the people who just played in group stages against each other. You need to. Well, you also don't them. want to see the same teams that just played each other in their own region. I'd all rather play for all year though. I'd rather see top esports versus Sooning than I'd rather see Dragon X versus top esports automatically. Like, I, I just, I feel like I don't want to see the same matchups for the first, the entirety of the bracket. You could literally see only the first, same matchups for the entirety of the beginning of the bracket. Like, Dragon X versus, I agree. Dragon X versus Damwon is probably going to be unfortunate because I think Dragon X is playing pretty well and they just got matched up against what I assume is going to be the person, team who takes it all. So like, you're picking I, top esports? That's what I'm you're picking? Yeah. You, I mean, I could show you what I – no, you don't need to see it, but I, I picked top esports right there, yeah. All right. So next matchup is Sooning versus JDG. The hardest the, one for I me. I feel so bad for Sooning. This is their – I am going to say right now, this meta is a lot more suited for them than uh, the previous one during China was. Like, they are hyper-aggressive early game. JDG is really good against them. It's the big problem I see with this. But again – I think that the way JDG's been playing and the way Sooning's been playing recently does favor Sooning a slight amount. I was going to actually pick Sooning, actually. Because I think if you go off just recency from just their group stage performance, I think Sooning's been playing better. But in terms of a best of five, JDG's, JDG's been more again, better and adaptable at best of fives, though. Again, JDG's specific play style is very counteractive to the way that Sooning plays it. I want to point that out. But that they doesn't are... even work against top esports, though, because JDG can beat top esports. JDG is able to be top esports, yes. Who are like a budget, and Sooning is like a budget version of top, though. I'm, I'm confused. JDG was able to beat them once. It's because top esports rolled over everybody else and then couldn't beat JDG fully. Like, it takes them to five games each time. T TES, G uh, Sooning, G uh, G2, and Damwon. I actually, my big thing about it is that I think that Kalid is playing so much better than What's his name? Yankos. We'll, we'll get, yeah, Yankos. That yeah. I think that I don't think they can win. Uh, for this one right here, I think <sighs> I'm gonna take Sooning. I think Sooning's been playing much better than JDG. Again, that's who I took actually too. I actually think that Sooning with your ability demo might be three O G two. Not gonna lie, I don't think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think the big thing. In this situation with Sooning specifically, I think that G2, that JDG specifically recently has outperformed them. I want to point that out on the group stages, on the world stage. Like, I mean, at, at, on the uh, not group stage, on, on the Chinese thing and all that thing, they've never really matched up well against JDG. 
which has been historical this entire year, is they've just not been able to play well against them. But I think SFM recently, like, do, do they have an answer to him? Like, they haven't, I mean, they obviously have Kanavi's an answer to him. Kanavi's not going to be an answer, though. Kanavi's supposed to be their answer to SFM. Kanavi was an answer to him in, in, the, in the playoffs, to be honest. Like, he played really well in the playoffs, but he's just not been, not that standard of play. Yagao has been underperforming. Angel's been outperforming Yagao with, like, every Angel was time. better than him the entire year. I mean, That's, I, I, I told people, you can exploit Yagao. What, what is this thing where you can't exploit him? Literally. I mean, just, you have to be better than somebody to exploit. You can't exploit somebody. You're just laying better than them. That's the whole thing with Yagao. If you're better than him, he's just not as useful. And that's why Top Esports kind of didn't completely dumpster Dragon X each time. Because Chovy was just better than Yao. Like, mm. you mean Knight? Are you the best player world so far in my opinion? I honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna still say I think Core JJ might have been. I think Core JJ had a lot because SOFM had a little, a few mistakes against specifically against the G2 series in the first series. He played really well at the beginning, and then actually, when, when if you look at the disengage that uh, SOFM had, I mean, uh, what's it called? Suning had out of their gate, their their uh, their base the first time when they got in there. He actually went back into an engage that actually again he was disengaged on. He he queued in and then kicked him out, but he didn't have this, the, the damage to uh, fully kill him. Obviously, it would have been a decent trade off the bat. But since he couldn't kill him, he just kicked him away. He died for it, and the person he kicked actually survived it. I mean, so SFM has a few mistakes that I see. I think Cordage has made very minimal mistakes and never one thing. that cost him anything. Here's my thing with Sooning. It's kind of weird because <sighs> Sooning live and die by whatever SFM does. JDG don't exactly do that. JDG I mean, can play through other people. The problem is that specifically, like, I, I want to match up each person. Kanavi plays really well against SFM each time. I think he's just a neutral. Yeah, he's a, he he can neutralize the aggression. And, and then also, Gauss picks picks the plays the exact same champions, so it kind of forces them to pick ban out the champions that Angel plays well. Do you think G two can win against Gen G? And Gen G is stronger in the early game. No, uh, Gen G is a hundred percent stronger in the early game. That's why I'm saying this. Like. Clit is going to completely dumpster JDG, and that's my big problem with that matchup. But uh, again, I want to touch on Sooning before we jump to that. I think Sooning is going to be a situ in a situation where I see them kind of... I, I it, It's really hard for me because I think this is probably the hardest one for me to put out because I think Sooning has been playing better, but uh, JDG just is a better team than them. JDG is a better team all around. Sooning got into a meta that's suited for them, kind of. Right. So this is, what, this is what you want me to put. It's, it's hard for me. I put Sooning, too. This is um, better for the narratives, though. Top Esports versus JDG rematch of the LPL year. I, I agree with that. Uh, Sooning, again, played well recently. But, again, they played against, like, arguably a weaker group and had the, a similar, like, win rate. All right. So, Top versus JDG. I'm leaning more towards JDG. I don't know. Ugh, I don't want to draw. No. Uh, do the first rounds first. Do the first yeah. rounds first. Yeah. And then, and then swap over. Okay. All right, so let's go Gen G versus G two. I think the I, answer, I haven't select, selected anything. That this is actually just, just a misclick. I think the the so JDG beat Sooning. It's 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 a really big mix mix up. Like, I think I think it can go either way. I think JDG is probably like I, I put Sooning, but I know I'm gonna get burned on that because obviously it's been He's, the this man will. I told this person all you do to beat SOFM is you invade him and put him behind. He's like, no, you can't do that. Why? Because you can't. When did this you happen? Can't. This happened literally yesterday. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yesterday, did no one played yesterday? No, 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 no. I told him in, in 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 the in the car. Oh no, no. I'm talking about when when did SFM get put behind ever? I'm saying like, there's a way to do it. What 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 team has done it? Team Liquid did it. He was still saying. ahead in gold. <laughs> That's sad. That's so sad. And that is terrible. All right, I was gonna wreck my brain. All right, so you have 
Okay, so the consensus with this match is people actually think G2 could beat Gen G. They can, 100%. I think... If I wanted to make a wild card random prediction, I think G2 could beat Gen G. Remember, G2 have not really ever lost best of fives. I want to put that out there. They don't really lose best of fives. They only lost to FPX, and they only ever lost to, yeah, like, compet like internationally, this team has only ever lost one best of five. That was in the world finals. I'm just saying, though, they play much better in best of fives than best of ones. I just want to say all around, let's forget an event too sad to mention. I, I like to mention every once in a while when I just feel bad about myself. <laughs> like, I think all around, I think that G2 specifically has a really good designed team to be able to deal with a lot of these players. Like, I think their ability to flex more things in the bot lane is moderately decent. And he's able, he's actually, the purse is actually pretty decent on utility champions because he's really good at ability-based things. But at the same time, I want to point out Clid just completely with the way Yankos is playing. If Yankos can come back online, I think this is in favor of G2. But, um. Here, I got it. I'm not. Yeah. The, 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 this is what, what 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 you guys want. All right. Yeah. Let's put it I right think there. All right, there's just there's no. <laughs> that's what you guys want, right? <laughs> no, no I that's exactly what everybody wants. Yes. Yeah. Imagine this: G two versus Fnatic World Finals. Watch G two three o them on the finals. No, let's see, let's see that Dragon X versus uh, Gen Z <laughs> Fnatic Finals. Just the two <laughs> least likely to make it out of each side. Um, I think the big thing about it right now is like. Gen, like G2 all around is I think G2 will have a knockout buff. We, we, I can't take that. I, I don't want to put anything into consideration. I think that's a likely thing to happen because again, in best of fives, they look moderately better, but it's they, like, look, they didn't look yeah. invincible this year. Like they, last year at world, like in, in EU, when it came to best of fives, they completely turned online and they won against everybody. But this specific year, they've actually not been that dominant. Like they lost both seasons because there was a knockout bracket. They were able to make it back in, but Gen this G time there's no knockout bracket this time around. It's, it's, if you lose, it's, you're done. It, we looked at what a what what a, like kind of a hyper aggressive junglers can do to uh uh G two. They they really did struggle both games. Like they 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 won based off of a TP play into their baseball. Everybody was alive and Sooning when Sooning beat them when they had both Elder Dragon and Baron. Here's the X factor. I think that Wonder's better than Rascal, and I think that Mickey X has been playing better than Life. I think that. If they, if Mickey X can roam effectively early on and actually apply pressure and help Yankos apply pressure, I think they can win. The, problem the issue is here that... is Clid and BDD are such a massively better top, uh, sorry, mid jungle duo than Caps and Yankos, but BDD and Clid do not play together. Their synergy is actually pretty bad. It's, it's not Ruler about is better than Perks, though. Ruler is so much better than Perks. It's just, oh, this I, is hard, no, actually. The, the reason that G2, obviously, you like, you can't exert a lot of early game pressures solely as a support besides the roams, and roams are usually effective more so when you do it in, in tandem with the jungler, which I don't think actually they're going to be able to do with the amount of pressure. Like, again, the way they're going to have to play, obviously, the most effective way G2 has seen that they're able to get, like, pressure in the early game through the jungle is the fact that they pick Volley Bear and all that stuff. Nidalee has obviously proven to the fact that they can't play these, which means that they, they can only ban them they can't ban and pick away, which really leaves a gap in how many bans they actually get. It really does affect the pick and ban phase. So they're going to have to ban early hyper-aggressive junglers like uh, Nidalee and all that stuff, but they can't pick them themselves, so it has to be in first rotation, in my opinion. Like, they, they just don't have an answer to that. Or they can try and invade like Team Liquid did. Like, they don't have to ban these things, but it really does, again, 
give the leeway more flexibility in Gen G's favor because again, like champions that aren't going to get banned out and aren't going to get picked, they can pick them in the first or second rotation without being worried about it. Like Gen G again, specifically because Clid is so much better than Diankos right now, I th- I see a three L right here. Like for Gen G, for Gen G, because because I I, I want to say G two turning it online is good, but they played. In my opinion, Suning, who is who has a weaker form of what Genji is doing right now, and struggled against them a lot. But again, Genji has a better mid laner. Mm-hmm. Genji has not a I wouldn't say a better jungler, but a really like really similar jungler. They have a better ADC than like Suning. Mm-hmm. Like, all around, this team genuinely seems like an upgraded version of Suning, but. Again, less objective focus, more so centralized around ganking. Again, the, the big problem with Gen.G is the fact that they really did look just terrible inside of this group. Like, in a group that was, like, in my opinion, one of the easiest ones in the, in the entire world, they struggled a lot against every single one of the teams. Like, they really did not put together their, their whole composition mod like that well. I think they, they really did struggle against a lot of these teams that they I feel like they shouldn't have. Are you picking Gen.G for this one? I, I think I'm going to have to go with Genji. Like, I feel like, again, the, 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 the difference maker here for me is Clid. Clid is not going to be, like, inhibited at all because, again, his best picks can't be played by, besides Graves, can't be played by Yankos right now. Yankos can't play Nidalee. It's just impossible. He's not good right now. He's not good at exerting early game pressure, and he really does fall behind a lot, so he's going to re- reserve to, like, Bollybear and stuff. Like, I think that is the big reason why they couldn't get first place in their group, and I think that's going to be the big reason why I see them losing out in this first stage. Mm. <sighs> I think I don't know. It's this one's hard actually, because like I I could see the upset potential in, in this matchup, like Genji winning game one, then G two bouncing back and winning the other three. I could see a full. This is the match where I could see a full best of five right here. That's me. <sighs> Ugh. I don't know about this one. This one's hard. I think I'll take the risk on on this one. It's pickums. It doesn't matter if I win or not. Like I'll I'll pick G two, but like Genji could easily three zero them. That I mean, again, kind of it's not really a risk. Most people are predicting G two because again they've played historically better in best of five, so it's not a not a crazy thing to say G two. And Genji has inconsistencies play. too. Genji has inconsistencies in in their own gameplay. They but... do. I mean, everybody has con- inconsistencies for the most part. And now we're on to the, this, I mean, this is a, we already saw this match literally about two months ago. It was pretty one-sided for uh, Danwon versus Dragonex. I think G, I, I think Danwon is going to obviously get their rematch against G2. What do you think about this one? I think Danwon is going to get the rematch against Gen G, but I mean, I think the big thing about this it's it's not too easy again. I think that Damon is just the best team in Worlds right now, and that's why I don't see them dropping a game against uh, Dragon X, who seems to be honestly just the worst version of JDG. Who they I'm, I'm just saying, guys, we have Damon as the tournament favorite. So okay, so I'm not gonna see you guys until what um, next week, but you have to lock them in today. You only have today to lock them in, so you're basically. Like, I have to basically go off a ton of theory that I don't even have how until this points, week. How many points do you have right now? How many points? They go to go to the oh, where says group stage click on that. I got thirty six. How much you got? I, I let me see. I got to go back. I put you in the dumpster. Oh my gosh. How much you oh get? Oh my god, I got ten more points than you. You have forty six. I got, got forty five. I'm just counting it as ten. 
Oh my god, this... <sighs> uh, okay, so, hi, okay, these are my hypotheticals right here. If I'm being a G2 fan, like I am, I put G2 right here, winning Worlds. But, that'd be biased, and I don't do that stuff, so I can't do that. I think Damn One have been playing better than G2. They're so strong. I, I personally think there's... This is not like last year. I, I think Damn One do take out G2 this time around. Now, this is just, I have to make these predictions because you have, you have to lock them in today. This is not trolling. I have to basically theorize this literally a week in advance without seeing them play in best of fives. That's, thank you, Riot. Why can't you do fucking pickums for semifinals and shit? Uh, no, like, for, like, you know, you wait for them so we can see, like, who could really, really win, you know? Like, I, I love G2 too, man, but, like, uh, I, I, I just don't see G2 beating... Uh, Dan won this time around. I see Dan won getting to the finals. Now, in terms of Top versus JDG, I think Top can take them out. I, I, I think it's a real big shot. We see uh, Korea versus LPL in the World Championship 2020 Finals. And if I have Top Esports versus Dan won, I'm taking Dan won. Dan won will be your 2020 World Championships, reclaiming the, th the glory for the LCK. Because people are going to say, well, like, if, if you like G2, why aren't you picking them? Like, guys, if you look at the gameplay from the best of ones that we saw, Dem1 massively outperformed G2. It was, it, like, it's not even close. Like, there's ways you you could argue it for Gen G. I can't argue one thing for G2 against Dem1. There's, I got nothing. I actually have nothing. I got shit. <laughs> I want. I don't want to make the prediction, like, fully. Like, I'm not I have to. Because no, I'm just saying. You, you have to lock yeah. them in. No, I agree. I'm just saying I can't really fully say what, like, obviously I already picked this and I expect Dem1 to win. But uh, I can't fully predict what's going to happen in these best of fives until I see the first round. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but just right, like, I, they should make these, like, quarterfinal final picks their own and make semifinal picks their own and final picks their own. I'm just saying, though. You have 46 points. That's what you got lucky with the PSG talent one. I didn't get lucky. <laughs> he I, just doesn't like Rogue. That's the only, He just doesn't like Rogue no matter what. I hated guys. Rogue going into this. Yeah, I told you they were terrible. All right, guys, I'm locked in. This is not trolling this time around. I'm locked in. I think Dam1 will, will win Worlds. I think they're the best team here. I think if they get past Dragon next, I mean, who's going to stop them? I'm, I'm just saying. You Ryan picked top esports to win? Holy shit. I mean, it's not bad. I have top esports in the finals. I, I think top will make it to the finals. Uh, but against Dam1, I think Dam1 is stronger. Now, this is what you guys really want for me to pick. There you go. Oh, no, 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 no. No, don't say. Don't say. All right. That's what you guys really want. G2 versus top esports to win. But... It's going to save every time. I don't know why you freaked out. You just have to move it again and it unsaves. All right, there you go. I'm all locked in. <sighs> we'll see who we'll see who um who makes it to the finals and who makes it to semis. But that's pretty much it for this episode. I think this was actually pretty good. I think this was actually pretty good. Now, as the fan in me, I definitely want G2 to win the finals. I mean, definitely. But you know, gotta be realistic here with your predictions. Um, that's pretty much it. You have anything else? Honestly. Um, I, I want to point out, like, again, I have a lot of good luck with your picks. I mean, he did terrible the first time. Just, like, obviously, he didn't even troll, and he still did bad. That's crazy. Uh, what? The big, what? The big problem with right now is with Worlds I see is just so unpredictable because a lot of the players aren't playing up to the standards they had for themselves previously. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what it is in store. Like, I'd love to see G2 outperform my expectations because I think they have a lot more potential than they brought to the stage completely at the beginning. Like, I think that an EU team or a Western team in general doing a lot better. It would be a little more enjoyable if the EU teams weren't ragging on us so often. But, like, I guess we earned that. 
But like, I do want to see an EU team or, or Western teams really kind of pull it out and like do something like impressive. I mean, North America's just done nothing internationally. Well, I agree. It's it's like we we do something bad and EU is the first. It's like it's like it's like we're a cripple and they're going and just beating us, like just fighting us anyways. Like they just put us at the same standards of people and just kind of break our legs that towards. Like, it's just banter. I don't know, man. I've I've heard some mean stuff. It makes, it makes oh no, no, dude, Don. It's not banter. I'm mean too. Like I hate when people say, "Oh yeah, G two, blah blah blah." It's like make the world finals. I mean, the, point, the point of a world championship is to make the finals. Oh my God, you got knocked out in the world finals. Oh, her dee dee der. Where's your team at? Oh yeah, they're they're going home on a plane. Fuck out of here. What are you talking uh, about, freaking mouth breathers? Uh, You're just the most hyper aggressive man. I don't care. I mean, I honestly we, really we don't need care to get that food. Much. We need. To, I need food so bad. Ugh. Yeah, you could have got food earlier if you didn't make me wait outside for thirty minutes. I why'd you knock on the door? Every time I'm telling you, I, I I made my mistake of going into your house one time. I'm not doing that again. I'm not <laughs> walking in anymore. It's, I'm surprising you. I don't like what I saw. Black, like, luckily, oh, back in my old house, guys, he walked in no, and me and a girl I, were like, you know. No, not what happened. There was there was <laughs> there was that going on, except the fact that there was no girl in action with him. Like I think, I don't think G two is going to speed run to the airport without a fight. I agree. I think G two is a very versatile team, and I think they could really make a fight. I really think. Potential wise, they have the potential to put up. They can have, they're on paper the team that's capable of taking on G, uh, GNG easily. And I think they could really, like, again, if they beat Genji, I think they might be able to take a game or two off Damon, too. I don't want to say Damon's going to 3 0 anybody. Damon is probably going to 3 0 everybody, to be honest. But I mean, who knows? Like, I think that's pretty much it for me. I think I really am excited to see what's going to happen. Starts uh, two more days, right? Yeah. I, I got to do my world's 2020 group stage day eight thoughts and opinions. And that's pretty much it. Right. Ready for the quarterfinals. I'm ready for the quarterfinals. Yep. Would be finished with EU. It would be beneficial for EU if NA was a, a better region. It'd be beneficial for NA if NA was a better region. Let's be real. Like if they were a better region, the NA would be happier. The fact that NA has to go to fucking wild card regions to grab players is pitiful. The fact that NA has to resort to the wild card of NA solo queue to get players is kind of sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm I'm pretty excited to see, but I mean, there's not. You have anything else you want to say? Uh, nope. That's pretty much it. I think this was a pretty good episode. I love. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's me. I'm the boss yeah. here, so that's pretty much how it works. Shut your mouth. This is yeah. I'm starving. Uh, I think we uh again we're gonna we're gonna do a live reaction right to the uh, best of the first series. I'll I'm, I'm probably going to. I mean, it, it, I'm probably gonna do it for a little bit. I mean, I definitely can get the first game in for sure. But if you don't yeah, want to do all three, in, the, the first game for sure. I, it depends on. Let me see something. World's 2020 pickem starts. From blah blah blah. blah. Uh, schedule. Let's go. Are you fucking serious? Damn one versus Dragon X. It starts at three a.m. That's the least fun one. Right. I also want the time slot. It's three a.m. What time do you think that is for us? Three a.m. Is it Pacific time? No, it's Chinese time. It's probably a decent time for us then. Visit the Chinese Hold on. times. I'll, let me translate this. 
Um, what, what does it say next to it? Does it say PST next to it? No, it says 3, 3 a.m. approximately. Of what 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 time zone does it say Chinese specifically, or did it translate it nope, for you? Nope, say it all. 3 a.m. China time. Why would they do it at 3 a.m. China time in China? For North America. 3 a.m. I, I put Shin in. <laughs> China has no. multiple time zones, does it not? Uh, the worldwide clock. Uh, nope, tells uh, me nothing. It is probably 3 a.m. anytime. I promise okay, so they you. Are, uh, CST to age. I don't know what it is. They're not this. The CST is central <laughs> Central Time. The internet's busted. <laughs> the internet's broken. I I said, what is 3 a.m. I said 3 a.m. China for North America. Literally, give me a fucking conversion. Holy shit. Okay, see. so China time. Right now, it's 8 a.m. for them. It's 5 p.m. right now for us. Now, if we're talking about... Um, I don't even it's, know. It's honestly. literally 3 a.m. our time. I don't know why you're so deterred. It's our time. All right, we're really screwed. Are you staying up for that? That's pretty late, man. And that's, that's like, that's the first game is starting then. We have to literally stay up until 6. I gotta go to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'll be dead. I'll be actually dead. All right. You good with that? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, TSM is the best team on this planet, obviously. There's no team better than them. Uh, Bjergsen is actually overrated as hell. Double's overrated as hell. How it is, you know. Usually, Jen no argument. No one will ever tell me how uh freaking Jensen is worse than Bjergsen. After I, what I just saw, no. Nope. I, mean, I think, yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know what rational argument someone could even make to even point it in Bjergsen. You could say that he's better in NA. You could say that he's played better. Oh yeah, that rap really matters. NA really matters, though. I mean, it's not like Jensen played well last world. So let's be real. I. It's not like he's you know actually went far at Worlds. Uh, never underestimate that. Yeah, I mean, it was not because of him. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I would say it was. Put Paul Belter on Cloud9. They're not getting the World Semifinals. They had to play the weakest teams. I don't want to hear this. That was a group of death! He's not actually. They all underperformed. Pre-expectation, that was a group of death. Actual performance-wise, it was not. <laughs> there was four, uh, he, That was the weakest group in the entire tournament. No, Fnatic's group was. He had 100 days in G-Rex. That was terrible. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I forgot God, about that group. That was actually right. horrible. That was the worst. <laughs> when Ryu didn't take that claw for him. <laughs> My God. Ryu, thank God he's not playing anymore. That guy was washed up. He was just mentally done. But yes, TSM are going to win Worlds, obviously. Uh, They should sub in Lena now for double lift. I, I think she would make a better ADC. I think Reginald would make a better mid laner, personally. Reggie like reaction cam. I don't want to see it. I, I don't even. Reggie literally fell asleep. We went to the LCS. He fell asleep right in front of us and fell it during the game. The dude this does not like enjoy. Okay, this I'm point out the moment that I said, "Hey, they should replay." I was talking about all these things. Everything that I brought up right next to Reginald when I was trash talking to him happened that next year. I told him, stop. Didn't did not happen though. We're literally in front of him. I said, stop, you are embarrassing me in front of potential clients. You didn't say anything. <laughs> you no, you didn't say anything. He just kind of sat on the other side. 
Everything I said about TSM was fixed the no, next No, yeah, time. yeah. We were legitimately, like, you see where, like, I am right, right here? So imagine, like, me push back. Right so technically, be, like, right here. Be, like, 2018 right here. TSM, a 2019 TSM is my fault. <laughs> I'm taking credit for it. I told you, Mithy wasn't playing that bad. He's like, Mithy's playing so bad because my Diamond Solo Q games indif indicate that I'm better than a pro player. It's like, dude, calm down, please. Well, that was just insulting. <laughs> Guys, he insults me every single day. He, he says I'm ugly. I, I I don't get any girls. Just constantly. I have not said one of those things. I did not say, not say you're ugly. I just said... He over here talking about how he's sleeping with massive girls. Like, it's a plural thing. Just say girl. <laughs> Dude, I swear. Like, we've seen all the people you guys love. Like, Travis, Captain Flowers. I have pictures on my Instagram, actually, about all that stuff. But, um, overall, if the LCS is happening next year, we'll go, obviously. We were going to go for my vacation. That was right when it shut down. That is just trolling. My life is literally trolled. Yep. Like I, I, I'm, I'm hoping they refund. I didn't even check to see if they refunded my money for the tickets. They, they, they said said they would. Honestly, they said they did it like immediately after because they had to cancel it. But yeah, see you guys later. Like, comment, subscribe. Most of all, enjoy. I'm the Nightwing and Way Up Esports is signing out. Uh, Mr. Stud Guy, he's gonna start his own channel very, very soon. So yeah, when mm -hmm. he ever starts it officially, just me. Make sure you go and sub to that. If you guys catch this as the VOD on the replay, just make sure you like the video. It's all I ask for because that way more people see it. It gets recommended more, and then we have more subs. That's pretty much how it works. YouTube 101 for anybody who doesn't know. See you guys later. Goodbye. Peace.